Hey Curious Conneries, Dylan here. We just want to give you a heads up that the following program contains conversation relating to topics that may or may not include physical and sexual assault and self-harm and mistreatment of different cultures. We are in no way condoning these things. But given that Sean Connery has acted in films going back many years, they've tended to come up. To spin a phrase from Disney, many of these films include negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures that were certainly wrong then and are definitely wrong now. But rather than not discuss this content, we'd like to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and create conversation for a richer future. Stay curious, folks. And now, on to our show. I know this got my scrotes. Put them in the totes. Okay. I take uh, notes. I never remember taking notes. I don't remember anything. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, I'm sorry, Mario. Um, Dude, that was a blast. You had a good time? <laughs> in the end, it was thinking about it. I was like, am I going to die? Oh, no. <laughs> but then I was like, no. This, mu- this music's very nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I, think, I chose some good records for you. I, I think the music is what helped me through it because. Oh, that's always a good, good guide. Because I remember you saying, like, take a nap dude and i was like okay but i don't think i really napped i just had my eyes closed because mm. i like would open my eyes and i would see you in front of me like i'm like you good man i'm like yeah i'm good and then like i would close my eyes for a second and open them and you like teleport to the other side of the room and you're like switching records <laughs> and i was like oh my god where'd he go in my head i'm like oh my god where is he but my body was just like well, it's his house. He's probably here somewhere. He's yeah, he's somewhere. I'm like, because like I remember like it was like nighttime already. I was like, wow, like how like how I'm like Dylan, how long have I been here? No, it's just getting to that point where the sun's setting. Early yeah, I thought I, I thought it was midnight. Like I immediately thought it was midnight. I'm like I've been here way too long. I'm like passed out because I heard Nicole come in. I'm like Nicole's home. She's probably like, well, look at this fucking junkie on the couch. No, I was like, no. holy shit. She okay. So I was using the bathroom and i heard her coming in now the bathroom for listeners is right next door to the entrance and i i hear her coming into the hallway entrance hallway getting her keys out so i'm leaving the restroom so i open the door and she first thing she just sees is the poirot shirt that mario so graciously gifted me for my birthday (laughs) um Merch, Connor Curious merch coming soon. Yeah, it's um, a prototype right there. Uh, <coughs> and I open the door and she immediately goes, I love the shirt. And I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like, kind of cut her off right halfway. And she's like, Wait, what, what, what? I'm like, Mario's asleep on the couch. <laughs> 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 I, honestly, I would have heard you. I didn't hear anything. I could only hear you when you were like really close to me. And so you know, and heavy like, sleeper, huh? Yeah, I remember like I heard you guys talking at one point. You must have been trying the Irish bike sauces or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 
but I remember hearing her like when I was when I was coming to when you finally it was like when you put the wake up record on the kiss record <laughs> and I started to the wake kiss up. Record? That's what woke me up and I was like yeah. hell yeah it's like give me two sides of the coin you know hell yeah, yeah. I, like, I figured rock. you needed uh, so for context I put on Pet Sounds first which is a very nice sunshine daydreamy kind of record good good record to fall asleep take a nap to yeah uh and then i put on amagama the first record of amagama the live record by pink floyd and uh that 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 one took me somewhere yeah that was my intent with that um because it's just four songs that are all like 12 and a half minutes long (laughs) um and mostly instrumental um and then uh you know that was after you know maybe an hour and a half i'm like okay i think mario can kind of come to a little bit now so i put on kisses unmasked which isn't a very heavy record but it's a nice you know it's got it got enough uh distorted guitar that's a very underrated record yeah there's some good stuff on there shandy (laughs) is an absolute oh shandy yeah hell yeah i love that that's that's the song that woke me up i was like shandy must last us Forever. That's a great, Forever. great record. We say good night and go home. Hell yeah. So yeah, so that kind of that got me through very well. And I know you. You can tell me good night. Say good night. Say good night. When we should say goodbye. Mm. That's a great song. <laughs> it is. That's a phenomenal song. Um, but yeah, so that kinda that kinda got me uh waking up a little bit and I was like, all right, I think I think we're back, baby. But uh, I was I was I was still out of it for the rest of the evening, and then I didn't uh, bother to do uh, side B because side B isn't as good as side A, I think. But I haven't I, I haven't re-listened to it in a while, so maybe I need to. But but did you get home okay? Yeah, I ended up because uh, I kind of I called Alicia and I was like, "Hey, on my way home," <laughs> she's like, "Okay," uh, I'm like, "Do you want anything?" So I stopped by McDonald's to get her like a. Sam, so I was like, I'm like, this sounds like a good, because we were talking about Chick-fil-A when I was, like, leaving. We're going to be at Chick-fil-A for lunch today. Um, But I was like, right now, I could go for a chicken sandwich. I had had chicken at your house, but I was, like, in a chicken mood. I was thinking about that chicken while I was on the couch, too. I was like, I wonder how that chicken's doing. That chicken, like, it was the journey through my intestines. It was great. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but it was... Uh, <laughs> Did you enjoy the chicken? Oh, it was delicious. Okay. Fabulous. Very good stuff. Um, Thank you. Loved it. Better but, than Chick-fil-A? I think so. Oh, thank you. I think so. Mario I mean, thinks my fried chicken is better than Chick-fil-A. I think so. I think so. I mean, my favorite chicken joint is always going to be Popeye's. Oh, so it's, that's some good stuff. It's always my favorite. It's just, you just have to, um, you know, avoid the crack addict outside. Yes. To get but in there safely. That's the thing, though. The, the one, appeal. The one with the crackheads outside They're are the, the best. best ones. It's like, it's like the sweetest iced tea. 
the best tasting chicken. You'll order a five piece and they'll give you eight pieces of chicken sometimes. It's like, whoops. It's mostly because they're panicking. (laughs) Just get them out of here. And we're just like, please, just give me the order. Get me out of here. I don't care if it's short. That's why I do drive through. Lock the lock up the vehicle but like no it's 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 always really good there but yeah you're for for homemade chicken yours is very good to the point where like i i I need to learn like a bit of your recipe because i want to do uh chicken tacos really bad like fried chicken tacos because today i just made my my specialty is shrimp tacos um that's just my favorite Mm. and um I was like, well, yeah, I like, I'll do some like fried chicken tacos. I think that I was fun. making the chicken in front of you. Were you not observing, or were you too? too... Well, no. So you have. So it's. I know it's like um, your flour, but what do you put in the batter? All right, podcast listeners. You can cut this out. It's like the Krabby Patty secret formula. I don't. I don't want you to like go out in public and tell people you're chicken. I just made a marker. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to know the basics of like to make sure it like comes out the way I want it to come out. So the batter I usually use. I like it. I might. I might. I might try, attempt a a chicken taco and see, then let you know how it goes. Oh yeah, my suggestion for you: make real thin strips like the chicken fries. Yeah, I. I yeah, I like. I like. Uh, I like thin chicken. Yeah. Cause I use, I'll do like. Um, a version of of like a, a, a kind of a fried chicken type thing. They kind of come out like fillets, and there's not really any breadcrumbs on it, but it's just like it's like cooked cooked nicely and like mm. has a little crunch to it. But I want no. I want I want the real thing. Feel free to give that recipe a try. I, I think I'm gonna try it. Yeah. Hell yes! Hell yes! Alrighty. Well, I think. Um you know, we I've just cut a uh, fried chicken recipe out of a podcast, and we're 11 minutes in or so. <laughs> so we should probably get on to what the uh, podcast is about. But for context to the past 11 minutes, um, you're probably wondering what it is that we're talking about. Should we just tell the audience? It's It's 2023. I think we can be open and honest. About the movie? about what we were just discussing oh yeah i got super fucking high at dylan's house last night <laughs> so yeah it was like yeah that we, that we ate, we ate some infused cookies yeah and it, it really snuck up on us because even you were kind of like i'm oh, pretty boy. stoned yeah. yeah and i was like and i have a much higher tolerance too. yeah yeah so like you know i'm like not to gloat yeah, no, gloat away, cause like, cause uh, I gl- I'll gloat away and you float away. I I, fl- I did float away last night. Good lord, um, but yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it just kind of hit because like, but, like yeah, shout out to because like you know we saw him for a few minutes yesterday too, and that wasn't what got us messed up. It was these cookies, but like you guys took like some dabs, and I just <laughs> watching do a monster dab and like talk in the middle of it he's like so anyways 
you know and i'm like what the fuck man i just you know i i i i partake every day obviously but yeah i don't i don't go huge i go like 30 milligram gummies and i'm like fine yeah I don't well, know how much we took last yeah, night. Yeah, so I I had that that was some butter that I had made with some stuff, some flour I got from a dispensary, which I got dirt cheap from a dispensary, but it just wasn't it wasn't something you'd roll into a joint, and so I made some butter with it, and I didn't get it tested or anything, so I just it was my birthday, so I just made a batch of cookies <laughs> and used all of that butter. So Man, what I don't do you? Know how what do you? They were. I'll say, what do you think? And, and and because of the way the cookies baked, they like I, I I as I was lifting them up, they crumbled apart. So it wasn't even you didn't even eat a full cookie. Yeah, well, my I had a good size piece. Yeah, it was, but it, but it was maybe and like three quarters of one. Yeah. So like, what do you, what do you speculate? How much you think? I think you probably had like fifty milligrams. You think? Yeah, probably. I don't know, man. I take thirty, and I'm not that messed up. That seemed like a lot. That that was like back. That was that was crazier than the rush night. Okay, on that night you took eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this may have been. I I wouldn't say it was more than a hundred. Yeah, maybe maybe eighty five. Eighty eighty five is probably is my probably my sweet spot if that's the case. Well, you didn't get sick or anything, so you you seem to handle it very well. You yeah, just I kind of napped on my couch. Yeah, but I just, it was like one, like everything was was so slow every turn. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. But you got home safe. Yeah, we made it we, home safe. We I waited was... till for list, those listening. We waited until Mario was not stoned and felt confident to walk and drive. Oh yeah, yes. We do was, not advocate yeah. consuming and driving. He took uh, he took a nap until he was. Until his body I was, was satisfied, I was, I was like legally dead for two hours. I was like, I didn't even know where the fuck I was. You were adorable. I would walk into the room and just smile. <laughs> sleeping. Oh my god. Yeah, it was crazy. A sleeping Lima. A sleeping Lima. Yeah, it was. It was intense. It was crazy, but a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I still had a fun I, time. So I guess the the point, the moral of the story is. We watched You Only Live Twice, made some chicken, ate some chicken. Um, and then the, we're, we're we took a walk. Yeah, we took a walk. Yeah, took a walk, then had the chicken. So, yeah. like, we had the the cookies during You Only Live Twice. So those took those suckers took about, like, an hour and a half or two to hit us. Yeah. Because they Get gradually the hit us. Because we were eating the chicken. <clears throat> and I was like, like, yeah, I'm getting a good... We were listening to some old, like, One's Will tracks and some random music. I just put music on. <laughs> I didn't even know what we were listening to at that point. We were just listening to basic rock songs and we were just having a great time. Yeah, it was like like rock radio. Yeah, it was like ACDC. Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine. And, yeah, like, uh, it didn't. They, that didn't come on, but it, you know, it. It should have been like Crazy Train and Sweet Child of Mine, it's essentially. Like, it's it was like that level of guitar, rock radio. Guitar Hero set list. One. You know, yeah, Guitar Hero one set list. So yeah, and then like yeah, like once we and you were like, Yeah, so hey man, you rate a podcast now? And I was like, I think I might want to sit down for a little bit. And I sat down and never got up. Yeah, I'm like, and, take uh, take as much time as you need. I'm, I'm ready when you are. I got two it. hours got to get later. band set up. Or, yeah. uh, logic, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> and so 
after my my nap with God and 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 <laughs> Pink Floyd, I got to hang out with Pink Floyd in the cloud and jam out with them. It was great. Um, then I was what like, "What's your favorite of the three records that I played? Pet Sounds, the, Amagama, uh, or Unmasked. honestly, honestly, Dylan, when I asked you afterwards. I was like, that was a really long Beach Boys record. It's like, no, no, you listen to some Floyd in there too. Uh, I think I and love Pet that's Sounds. Only a, yeah, that's only like a 40, 40 minute record. Or yeah, so. yeah, I, I'll, I'll always love Pet Sounds. Um, that's a pretty important record. Um, but yeah, I never listened to Gamma Gamma. Gamma Gamma. I never listened to that before. So that was really um, a really religious experience. Uh, listening to that for the first time, so like, I was I was into it. I was very into it. So yeah, that's but, a trippy record. Did I did I tell you about the second half of that record? You said something. I remember you saying it's very intense. Yeah, and it, so, and it felt intense. So the second half of that record, I'm going to just talk about it now. We're talking about everything, but you only live twice. It's coming. Um, it's coming. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so Amagama is the fourth album by Pink Floyd. A double album. So the first album is is the live album, and then the second album is so the side one of the second album is Sisyphus by Richard Wright, okay. and then Grandchester Meadows and several species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with a pict by both of those by Roger Waters. Then side four is The Narrow Way, parts one, two, and three by David Gilmore. And then The Grand Vizier's Garden Party by Nick Mason. So it's the, the first album is all of them playing together, and then the second album is all of them playing apart. Oh. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's trippy. It's crazy. Yeah. Man. But yeah. Great time. Yeah. Uh, leave great. that Wikipedia page open for myself. Hell yeah. <laughs> so great time. And uh, here we are. So obviously yeah, we had to reschedule. Yeah, so we it's had to reschedule. The next day. Yeah, so next day here. Uh, recording for Connery Curious. Day. Connery Curious. N- 19 minutes in, Mario. 19 and minutes we're saying in. saying the name of the podcast. Folks, welcome to Connery Curious. The podcast. Oh, Dylan Titus. Uh, uh, let's let's hold on. Let's just start this again. Yeah. Oh, and you know what we need to do? We need to do the clap so I can actually oh, sync this audio clap. up. Hold on, I gotta make a marker now because we're so far in. <laughs> One, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three. Let's try this again. Mario Lima. Dylan Titus. How you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, as we covered in the last 19 minutes. So, <laughs> folks out there, welcome to Connery Curious. The podcast where each week me and Dylan Titus go to our giant wheel of curiosities, which houses every single film in the legendary filmography of Sir Sean Connery. And this week we are going back to MI6. MI 1967. MI 1967 for MI 1967's You Only Live Twice. Oh boy, this is our fourth James Bond film. Yes, already. We only have three remaining James Bond films. Man. You think we're going to hit one today? 
Do you want to hit one today? Um, we're jumping ahead a bit. But yeah, we're well, jumping ahead of it. Probably, probably not. Especially because the Thunderball slash Never Say Never Again. Uh, We'd wipe thing. out two in once. Yeah, but well, that's the thing. Do we want to do one full episode for that or two episodes? No, no, two episodes. Two episodes. So it would be so. So yeah. So yeah, but but you know what I mean. It'd be at once but, because we wouldn't be spinning. The wheel yeah. again, and then we'd lose both of them. Yeah, so, but yeah, so I like guess one, it's like, yeah, it's cool that we're going to do two bonds in a row for that one, but I don't want it yet. I want to wait uh, for a bit. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, I got my bond fix for sure. We got some great bonds. I feel like the bonds we have left are like kind of like the. I think I mentioned when we, uh, a couple times, this is the bond I watched the least in the Connery. Mm. Uh, set. Same. Uh, Same. So it was good to uh, see, but like I, I had a fun time watching this movie. There's so I, I forget how much fun stuff is in this, and I understand why I don't watch it the most either. Because wh- after watching the movie, but um, yeah, I still think it's really great. And this is like this is the movie that you know, you know, Austin Powers is based on James Bond, but Mike Myers took so much from this movie. Mm. Uh, into you know, from you know, Blofeld's design is obviously Doctor Evil. You know, fat bastard with the sumo s- stuff and gold member. Um, I feel like Austin Powers draws most directly from four James Bond films: You Only Live Twice, Majesties, Diamonds, and the 1967 Casino Royale. Mm. It's a little Goldfinger in there too. Mm. Ish. You know, I mean, especially with oh, your with, with I mean, gold, random task, yeah, yeah, and gold member alone is just like we we have yeah. Michael oh, yeah, yeah. Michael Caine in the in this in this the 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 the, the schmelter, yeah, he's going down. It's very laser Goldfinger, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and you know how cool to see Michael Caine in a somewhat Bond movie. Like he gets right. to, it's like I get to be like I wonder what Connery thought of Michael Caine's performance in Gold Member. I'm curious about that. Yeah, right. I want to like know. There is apparently a quote from Michael Caine saying, "You don't talk to Connery about Bond." Yeah, but but that was what when he was Bond. So because it was unhappy working. Mm. Um. Anyway, so I think uh, he appreciated though. Probably afterwards. Yeah, there's there's those shots of him. At tennis games, and then if the camera would go on him, they'd play the Bond theme, and he'd be like, like smiling. Oh yeah, like, no, he definitely embraced yeah. it afterwards. But but okay, so on that note, this is the film where he is clearly unhappy playing James Bond. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you notice that in, throughout pretty much ninety percent of the film, he I, I doesn't felt... look like he's having a good time. I mean, he, I think he, I th- I think he had. We can get into that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. In our ratings, but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's the, of all the um performances. Yeah, it's like I mean, I, I feel like he had he covered it well. If anything, like I think there there are some times where it's like, yeah, it seems like he's having a great time. But if you didn't know anything about his history, but like, ah, oh, it seems fine. Um, and a part of me does wish this, this was the last one for him. Uh, or at no, least, or at I'm least, I'm glad that Never Say Never Again was his last one. Really? I don't. Yeah, I don't mind that film. But, really? I gotta but rewatch it. We may need to. Yeah. It, um. I mean, if he went out on Majesties, 
that yeah, that, that would have been the perfect ending for Connery. Yeah, and but then like, honestly, you give Diamonds Are Forever to Lazenby, and it works. Yeah, it would have been great, you know, because I mean, imagine yeah. that. Imagine those films switched. It would be. It'd be so good. It'd you be actually so... let Connery go out on a good one. Yeah, because that would have been like you know. I want, you know, as scary as AI is. Dude, I was literally I, I do just want about it. to say this. I, I I would like it to, like, if they get to the point where, like, they can make it look hyper-realistic, um, give me to Her Majesty's with Connery. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. if, they, if they could change his voice to cool. You'll just, definitely I, just have to deep, put... Um, deep fake it, you know? You'll have to put hair on Lazenby's chest. Yeah. <laughs> so. You don't have to vice versa it in diamonds. He can have a hairy chest in diamonds, but... yeah. But yeah, so it just yeah, I, w- I would like to have seen that, but you know, for what you know, what this is, you know, it's whatever. But like, yeah, let's let's just get into it, man. Let's get into this I'm, film. I'm curious. Hold on, Connery curious. Deep fake. I am Connery curious. Deep fake Connery, Majesty's Secret Service. There, there's nothing more than a second. Um, mm. But yeah, you're entirely correct. Like that's this is what you know. Like AI is only a problem because we still have capitalism, and we haven't figured out how to get utopia. Mm. You know, in a utopia, AI is going to be our best friend. It's going to be our god, and that'll be okay because wouldn't it be great to have a god that can like be very helpful to you? Actually helpful mm. like when you pr- when you pray, it actually responds you know (laughs) like like we're already almost there with like siri and alexa and whatnot but you know what i mean yeah now imagine it's be like okay um ai can i would like to see this movie but with this actor instead and because you know money isn't a concern it's not a concern to that actor to have you know residuals or not you know what i mean it the the movie was made or either that or they're long dead but you know what i mean like, yeah it wouldn't be an issue because in a utopian society there's you're not gonna i i did a work you if i put a song out there and you deep fake a, or you ai cover it with like drake or whatever it, it, in a world with no bills in a utopian society what do i care you know mm. so um I don't know. I'm probably being narrow-minded about it right now, but obviously trying to stick to the topic at hand. But yeah, that that is what what AI I think would be best served for is, hey AI God, can you whip up Honor Majesty's Secret Service with Connery and Diamonds Are Forever with Lazenby and be like, okay, yes, sounds good. Come back in two days, you know, and it does all the necessary AI computing and takes extra time to smooth it out and make it yeah. look good. And then when you come back and you watch it on your 800-inch television, you know, that is like you, you can lay down and watch in the sky. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've had too many cookies today. Oh, shit. No, I, I didn't. But anyway, so yeah, uh, half an hour in, we have barely let's, scratched the surface of You Only Live Twice. Well, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, so You Only Live Twice is the fifth James Bond film, 1967. Stars Sean Connery as the fictional MI6 agent James Bond. First film 
in the Bond franchise to be directed by Lewis Gilbert, who would later go on to pretty much make the exact same films in Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker with Roger Moore. Um, it's the first James Bond film to discard most of Fleming's plot. And, uh, yeah, it does. Have that, I ha- that I have some notes about, actually. Yeah, have you um, ever read the book? No. I've but, listened um, to the book. So, the so book you is- know the basic story of the novel then yeah the novel is dark as fuck Mm. the novel has it blofeld has a death castle like it's so it's after it comes after honor majesty's secret service tracy has been killed and bond is pretty much out for revenge and he finds out that blofeld has had plastic surgery to change himself because Blofeld is, is described completely differently on all three novels that he shows up in. Um, and he and Irma Bunt are living in this castle that he has where he has built a garden of death. Literally everything that grows in that garden can kill you. Mm. Um, and he has built himself a fortress in the middle of it. And... Bond's got to break in and kill Blofeld. And it's dark as fuck. And he, like, parachutes out. It's insane. It, hmm. It's really good. So, if I didn't, if if uh, in that batch of audiobooks I gave you, if it's not in there, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you. Oh, yeah, I got a little bit of those. So, it's a, uh, uh, it's, it's a, I mean, it's it's full of Ian Fleming's usual racism and sexism, but as a spy story, it's damn good mm. and r- like really weird too. It, it's as much of a fever dream as this movie is. Hmm. So, and this movie is a fever dream, which is one of my notes. But and, all right, so what you talked about your notes which, about the changing of the plot uh, and location. Well, first of all, I just want to get some things out of the way. Uh, first of all, uh, so Rotten Tomatoes, we have to look at the Rotten Tomatoes scores yes, for this. Yes, let's um, do our usual bits. Tomato meter at 74%. Audience score gave it a 68%, which oh, that's, that sounds like it was, uh, that's the same score as the last episode. 68%? I f- yeah, I feel like 74 and 68 were the last, uh, for the last film. Uh, so that's there. And... Yeah, I think that's it. The so, last yeah. film was Playing by Heart. Playing by oh, Heart. Um, we've got a couple things to discuss real quick before we get further into this film. Um, first, uh, Nicole watched Playing by Heart and, and really enjoyed it. Ooh. Um, and second, we need to properly... Did you listen to the score? Oh, no, I never did. Okay, well, we'll do we'll, do, get, we'll do a dedicated score episode. How about that? Yeah, I'm gonna give the excuse me the unused John Barry score. Some of it's in the film. Having rewatched it, some of it is in the film, but I the the unused John Barry score gets a nine for me. It's beautiful. Wow. Okay. It's a great jazz record. Ooh. I mean, it's not. It's like coffee house jazz, but you know what I mean. Where it's not. It's not like wild and all over the place, but it's really relaxing, soothing jazz. Mm. Anyway, okay, now we can back get back on to you only live twice. Yes. <clears throat> so yeah, so my thing 
Um, so yeah, this film as a whole, like I have notes, but I feel like I just want to just talk about the film. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a lot. Like, you do a trailer voice. Yeah, do a trailer voice, and then we'll start talking about like we're just going to jump around. I think. Yeah. Do we even want to do the wiki? That's your call. The long. Um. One, two, three, four, five, six. Um. Yeah. You know what? Let's do that. Let's do the wiki. Let's read the whole thing one shot, and then we'll just talk about the movie. Oh. This is this is like our territory. We we, we know we know how Bond uh, movies work. Okay, yeah. See, I'm only gonna. I, that's a long. That's a lot of reading all at once. I I think if I'm gonna read the wiki, go like two paragraphs at a time and then cover what happens in those. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do the trailer voice here. James Bond is dispatched to Japan after American and Soviet crewed spacecraft vanish mysteriously in orbit. Each nation blaming each other. Amidst the Cold War, Bond travels secretly to a remote Japanese island to find the perpetrators and comes face to face with Ernst Stavro Blofeld, the head of Spectre. Okay. Uh, I'll just get into the wiki. American NASA spacecraft Jupiter-16 is hijacked from orbit by an unidentified spacecraft. The United States suspects it to be the work of the Soviets, but the British suspect Japanese involvement since the spacecraft landed in the Sea of Japan. To investigate, MI6 operative James Bond is sent to Tokyo after faking his own death in Hong Kong and being buried at sea from HMS Tenby. There's a lot in that first paragraph, so let's just cover that. Okay. that's our opening and after the credits, too. So, want to get into your notes? All right, yeah, so not, not too much. Uh, so, uh, one, about the, I guess, three-second mark, I guess you want to call it, uh, we get Connery right away. Gun barrel. First, Connery gun barrel. Yes. Is that definitive? Did you look that up? Um, I didn't look it up. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it is, because what's the, what's the one before that? Thunderball? Yeah. Um, so, let me look up Thunderball. Thunderball gun barrel. Oh, wait, No. He's in the Thunderball one too. Okay. So okay, so so this, yeah, it looks like the same one too from this one. So so yeah, okay. So we get him. Yeah, we get him right in the beginning. First shot. Yeah, it was only when the standard aspect ratio of the films changed for Thunderball that a new gun barrel sequence was shot. This time with Connery assuming the role of Bond. There cool. we go. So the first three is Bob Simmons, the stuntman. Yeah. Um, okay. And then yeah, so, so second Connery gun barrel, second Connery gun barrel. Um, so yeah, I, I like I like this cold open. I remember as a kid like being really terrified of that ship, and it opens its front, and I'm like, oh my god, this like guy it's, just like getting cut the the line cut like you're dead in space. That's just like that's terrifying. It is pretty terrifying, and uh, it leads to my first note: don't pull your friend in. You don't have a rope that's tied to him. Yeah, like don't, why would you don't pull him? Pull him? <laughs> oh my goodness! Anyway, he just sits there the whole time. Yeah, as if, as if his arms are bolted to his side. It's happening so slowly, so it's like you didn't have time to like. You'd have ample time, like to Jesus. reel him in. At least get him inside the mouth of that ship. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Might bump his head a bit, but. Oh man. Um, Let's see. 
Oh, I don't know. Goodness. I had. Uh, I kept thinking that the back of their shirts and the control things at McDonald's. McDonald's. Like, like these dudes working at McDonald's. McDonald. McDonald. Is a McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah, the Cape Cod. A uh, little shout out to Cape Cod. The, their code names are like their locations. I was like, oh, Cape yeah. Cod to, to Tennessee or whatever. And Houston um, to Houston to Houston Houston. <laughs> Um, Houston, Houston. I think that's like a. And one, my last note for that first half is uh, now we can actually like look it up and find out that one guy when they're in that like dome meeting room. Yeah, we. I thought that that was Mister Slumber. It looked like Mister Slumber from yeah, Diamond. Yeah, was it him? So we got to find out uh, what his uh, what he was. All right. Well, let's well first, little... let's look. About, I'm gonna look up Diamonds Are Forever first because it'll be easier to find there. Because he must. I'm sure he's a. Uh, Side character in this because he only shows up at those three seconds. So, Mr. Slumber was played by. Let's see. French. Peter French. Um, okay, so one of them was played by George Baker, who is in Honor Majesty's Secret Service as Sir Hilary Bray. And okay. does the voice that is over Lazenby as he's Sir Hillary, Hillary Bray, and he's in The Spy Who Loved Me. So he shows up in a few Bond films, and he shows up in the uh, um, Denzel Washington 1988 film for Queen and Country. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think I'm incorrect. It doesn't look like he was in any no. other Bond movie. Okay. Oh, wait! Is he? It is him. Really? Yeah, uncredited American diplomat. David Bauer? Uh, let me go back, make sure. Yep, David Bauer. Yep, diamonds are forever. Wow, good catch, man. Good and, catch. And then he only lived twice. He's the American Known diplomat. Known for diamonds are forever. Yeah, but. He's Mr. Slumber, and he's in Patton. Yeah, but he was he was the American diplomat, and you only live twice uncredited. So like that's and if you go back if you go back to his IMDb page, right? And yeah. On the on the known for, look at the poster for Road Movie. That looks like a shot from this movie and the poster from uh, For Your Eyes Only. Oh yeah. But this it also looks like the shot from this movie where she drops the towel down. Oh yeah. So. She's very sexyful. Very sexist scene oh yes <laughs> oh boy yeah we'll get into that yeah but yeah so that's that's my notes for the uh for the first half of the movie here for the most part the first half i didn't take a lot of fucking notes man like the oh, first wow. the, the, okay. the, the opening thing like i could honestly read the whole all my notes to you right now we'll we'll go through them slowly i guess because i've got a i've got a decent amount of notes here hit me with but, it uh, so, like, Connery kissing is gross. His kissing is gross in this film. I think um, so. I don't really unpleasant notice. Unpleasant to watch. We'll really get into notice. that in our sexy rating. So, the space stuff is great. The summit is great. I like that. The politicians arguing with each other. But what I don't like is the Bond intro. Oh, yeah. It's probably yeah, the... It just the whole thing. I don't like it. It's probably the weirdest. So okay, so they're so they're faking his death, so people will lay off him. Yeah, which I get that. 
I totally get the setup, but it's just the execution. But it's, then it's like you're putting him back out there. You put his picture in the paper, and to advertise that he's dead. You advertise that he's dead, but then he's still going out, and Blofeld's people, like they kind of know who James Bond is because at one point they're like, you know, oh, was it Mister Osato? Is talking to Blofeld, and it's like, you know, go with James but Bond. He was dead in the paper. Yeah, they said, oh, he's dead. I'm like, he was in your office having a conversation with you. Uh, yeah, didn't you see the paper with the picture? Yeah, it's like, but, 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 he, but yeah, he's dead. I'm like, you know, so it's like, there's a lot of shit like that in this movie that's like very this lazy. Fever dream. Yeah, and so. That's that, one of my notes, is literally just fever dream. Yeah, so I I think yeah the whole thing in the beginning like it's a cool concept to be like oh wow he's he's dead and you know he has to like fake the cover but he's like he's immediately going back out to work and it's like they're well, not no this... it's because he's got they want him on this case they want him on this case to find out who's launching who's stealing these rockets yeah right in, yeah and, so he's and... out in Japan. But, but by faking his death, it clears up any – because canonically in these movies, Spectre has been after him for four movies now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not in Goldfinger, but you know what I, you know what I mean? For this length of time, Spectre has known about him and been after him. Well, isn't Goldfinger part of Spectre? I don't think it's revealed that he is. I think it's like assumed. Yeah, because then they talk about like he's like an agent or something. Let's look it up. Because I always assumed that there were like Spectre agents, like Doctor No, um, Red Grant, or Goldfinger. Goldfinger. I think even um, yeah, and even what's his name from Thunderball is from Spectre. He's definitely from Spectre. Uh, with the eye patch, forget his name. Goldfinger is not related to Spectre. Really? Okay. No. Goldfinger, member of Spectre. Nope. Oh shit. Okay. So yeah. So he's so Spectre's after him for four movies. Um, and and is the only Spectre's the only villain until Live and Let Die. Really. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Goldfinger. That's it. Is the only outlier, and then all the other films up until. Diamonds are also yeah, special. yeah. So shit, yeah. Up, up two di- two diamonds, excuse me. And then it go, and then it comes back with Daniel Craig. So that's uh, like... it comes back at the beginning of For Your Eyes Only. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One last hurrah. That but laugh. Yeah, not not nuts about the um, even as much as we quote it. Even the why do Chinese girls taste different? Like it's not even that funny. It's only it's it's, it's just it's only it's funny, funny because be- how ridiculous it is. And yeah, I, it's and funny as like a, a reference of racism. Like not being racist. It's just like, it's like. It's like why you got to say that? It's a terrible movie line. It's not a racist line. It's not even. It's he's not being racist. He's asking a legitimate question. Like. You yeah. Can, he is like certain people from around. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. There, there's, culturally, the the food around here would make one's breath taste different as you kiss them. 
you know, maybe what they're washing with down below might make them taste different. You know what I mean? I don't know. He, he's, he, might, he might be asking a legitimate question, but it's phrased in the most ridiculous way. And then, like, well, no, like, <laughs> Peking duck is different from Russian caviar. Uh, yeah, so it's, but yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, it's. It's very weird. But and it's it's, it's not, weird. it just, but of the, all the other weird things in this movie, it's not the weirdest. Oh, no, not at all. Not even the slightest. Uh, there's some shit that, like, I was reminded of last night that I'm like, it's just, like, frustrating. Why, why is this happening? Which I'll get into because I don't want to skip around too much. What did you think of the credit sequence? Um, I kind of like it. It's not the best, um, but I, I do like the kind of Japanese, um, those like the fans and all that. I, I really mm-hmm. dig that 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 feel. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really anything spectacular. Um, I think we discussed while watching. We, we should like. After we finish the Bond movies, we do like a thing where we like rate all the title sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I, I think my favorite so far is probably it's probably Goldfinger. That's a pretty iconic one. Rushwood loves very good too, um, and Doctor yeah, No just has a very special one. It's like different. Yeah, um, but I think Doctor No might be my favorite of the ones mm-hmm. we watched so far because it goes right into it. it's gun barrel and then mm-hmm. sequence. But all, uh, yeah, and also its weirdness makes it so you it's so unique. Yeah, because it's transitions to the other. You know, we talked about it in the three episode. different pieces of music. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I think the sequence is fine. It just it's, feels it's, like a movie. It's not a Bond movie. Yeah, as said before. Well, we're not talking about Doctor No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this one's fine. Uh, it's probably one of my. I like I like this song. I um, love this song. Yeah, it's just like. Cover uh, a cold play as a cover of this song, really. This is really cool, they play it live. Um, so very, yeah, so very good, very good so far. I I would like to see this credit sequence redone with modern CGI. Oh, yeah, what, what, what could you do? I always it's the love the same thing, do the exact same thing, but just like have it look good because look. I think that's the problem. It, it like all the elements are there, it just doesn't look very good. But I like it. Speaking of Spectre, I think it's Spectre. We get that really cool kimono dragon in it, and I think is they even have Skyfall. Is it Skyfall that he go, he fights the drag the kimono yeah, dragon? Yep, Skyfall. Skyfall, and they have the dragon in it. Like I think I think that that would have been cool. That's some kind of like v- visually pleasing mm. dragon or something in there would have been cool. Uh, um, I gotta say, one of my proudest little moments here on this podcast was putting. Radiohead Spectre to the Zardoz clip. That was if you haven't seen that shit already, it's on our YouTube. It's it's so much fun. It's like it's like I'm like this this I this was meant to be. It it looks yeah. like a it looks like a Bond intro. Which As, I wonder if that was like a thing making Zardoz if they were like, let's do this kind of Bond esque scene. Yeah. Because if 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 they were trying to do that cool, but it really felt like it. Like they were yeah. like oh, t- yeah. you were taking from Goldfinger and Rush with Love. Goldfinger was known for like projecting stuff on people. Yeah. Like with the gold like women and like you're seeing shots of the movie. And it's like, you know, so they, they did like that's a, a really, really cool, really fucking cool. Yeah. For the, a little bit of backstory, uh Radiohead did a 
song for the film Spectre, but it wasn't used in favor of uh, Sam Smith's writing on the wall. But you can hear it. Uh, go online and listen to just type in Radiohead Spectre and listen to it. It's really good. It's a much better song. We have to share our uh, Bond themes, use and unused uh, playlist. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's like we, have like we have like just about everything. And every time a new song comes out, I'm like, going to put that in. Mm. Then I have my Pay Attention 007 playlist, which is like all just score. It's just mm. score and like a couple of covers. Um, but it's a lot of just like the score. Like, I, I'm a fan of like it's a simple. It's not the you know not the most loved movie, but the hovercraft chase in Di- uh, Die oh, Another yeah, Day. That's a good piece of music. I love because then the mixes in the Bond theme like really heavy. David Arnold is and great. David Arnold's great. Yeah. Uh, so the stuff like that. There's a couple of like orchestral orchestral covers of certain theme songs that mm. like are just instrumental, no vocals, which sound really cool. Talking um, about so, mixing yeah. real songs with uh, score, when you came over, I had the vinyl soundtrack to License to Kill playing. Yes. And that is like half and half. It's got, you know, your gun barrel theme, which slaps. That Michael Kamen's gun barrel slaps mm. hard. Um, and But then it's also got like, if you ask me to. I might, I just might take my life, or change my life. Not take my life, Jesus Christ. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> I, uh, I forget the, I forget the line. I just might step into your life forever. Anyway, I've lost it. Anyway, and it's got, it's also got like "Dirty Love," the song that's playing in the in the dive bar, the Roadhouse bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I gotta rewatch that, man. Uh, I don't, I don't watch Adult as much as I should. I love the Dalton films. Yeah, they're I great. Mean, yeah, the Dalton. I mean, they're not great. L- Living Daylights is really good. Yeah, that's my... And License I, to Kill I, has some good stuff. I love it. that car. That's my... like. I remember getting very excited seeing that car in No Time to Die. I'm like, yeah. they're bringing back the Dalton car. Just for a scene. Just one scene. A Just couple scenes. drive it to MI6. No, he, should, he drives up to meet Madeline at the house, too, and it's parked there. It's probably still uh, there. We should go back to the house and just try to get the car. Uh, it's probably still there. In real life. Yeah. My no mo- one sold that house. Movies since... are real, man. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, well I, saw, I saw a version of it. I always bring up the, the Bond Museum, but I saw uh, one of them, one of the screen used uh, ones down there, which is really cool to see. It had the ski that came off the side and stuff. Nice. Yeah, do you want... Like, I was like... When when they showed... Uh, sorry I was talking about another Bond movie, but like... No, it's okay. When No this Time to Die... This is what we die, do on these episodes. Like, the cold open... When we see young Madeline Swan, you know, at you know, running away, young, um, young Jamie, young Jamie, ru- but we yeah, are running onto the ice, and it's I was a good like, scene. It's yeah, a good so yeah, it's dope. And then in my in my head, I'm putting Dalton two and two comes together. Out. No, like like that would have been a great scene. Imagine if they just did. It would have been cheesy as fuck. But like he's at the Madeline's place. He's making eggs for the kid and shit, and then Spectre's coming after them, and he takes that car and they, he goes across the and ice they do they, they do an ice chase for a few minutes and he has the skis and shit and that's how his first escape because then they, he kind of does he's like wearing that weird Han Solo outfit and they're in like yeah. the, in like the woods in and Andor. stuff 
Yeah, they're like they're they're really. I was like, which was is like, a good. It's a good sequence. It is, and but, we get and we get that like Roger Moore kick truck scene where he kind of like yeah. kicks a truck. So, but like I would have a part in my head. I'm I like, had a brother. His yeah. name was Ben Parker. Yeah. I mean Felix Slater. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that would have been a great like. I mean, you, you gave us the, you gave us the car. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, does it have the like, use forgot, it? So, yeah, I'm like, I'm like the Aston Martin we've seen a million times, like in 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 Skyfall, it confirmed to have the ejector seat in the thing, like the Connery version. So I'm like, if that one has that gadget gadget built in, then I, they must have the skis on the so, fucking on this may, Aston Martin. On No Time to Die, that movie was fumbled so many times before it could even start production. That I think it was a rush job of a movie. Like a lot of it feels like stuff happens for the sake of having stuff happen, which is a lot of Bond movies. But this one maybe even more so because it's like, damn, we've been fumbling the ball on this. People have been waiting for this movie for a while and COVID and all that stuff. And granted, it was finished before COVID. But I think they went back and they fixed a lot of shit. I think. No, it was done. Really? There wasn't any reshoots? Uh, yeah. I thought there were reshoots. Nope. nope, not at all. Nope, COVID just delayed the release. Um, but I think the, the production may... I don't know. I don't know anything about the production. I have to read it. But it. I, I do know that it was finished before COVID. Um, but I feel like a lot of stuff in that movie just happens. And it'd be like, wouldn't it be cool if... Or this needs to happen for some reason. It's not bad, but it's also not great. Mm. The best part about No Time to Die is the opening 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think everything after the Madrid sequence is fun, but it's not even, I don't think it's even shot that well. Mm. I don't know. So. Yeah. I think it was. I still think it was. Uh, I, th- I thought it was fine. I still think it's a good end to Craig. We were like, okay, mm. he's done. This is done. Let's move on. So yeah, I, th- maybe, I think maybe I'm being a little negative on it right now, but I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, watch it again because I remember like I know we were very high on it when we first saw it, but you always get high on a movie when you first see it. Yeah. Um, but as I've I've watched it quite a few times since, um, I still really like it. I still think... I think the Majesty's stuff might be a little shameless. I don't know. I think that's more... I respect that because I feel like when people start figuring out that aspect of the movie, more eyes got on that movie because no, everyone roasts that movie. But if you sit down and actually fucking watch it, it's not oh, a I, ba- bad Bond movie. I think it had come back into prominence before No Time to Die. You think so? Oh, yeah, I think the past... You know why? Inception. Mm. The the ending of Inception takes place at basically Piss Gloria. Yeah, piss so. Gloria. Piss Gloria, piss. P- piss Gloria. Um. But, and I think... And then Nolan came out and said it was his favorite Bond film. That's what got me to rent it from Netflix back when Netflix was just DVDs. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I had that plan and I'm like oh Nolan said it's his favorite Bond film I'm gonna check it out and I don't think I'd really given much attention to Bond films and I liked it mm. yeah I don't know yeah that's no time to die for you um that well 
what we were just talking about was Majesty's Back to No Time to Die, back to You Only Live Twice. Which is the movie we're covering today. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, do I have any more notes yeah, on get, get, the intro? Me, give me your notes. Um, okay, so uh, he, he gets buried at sea. Let's cover that. I, um, I thought it would be funny if, uh, as the body floats down, um, Roger Moore and... Um, uh, uh, um, hold on. Oh, the girl. Um, like I think For your eyes only is Carol Bouquet. If they they're swimming along and they they find Connery's body. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you wanted to see the lotus floating in the background. A oh, bit. that too. Yeah, you could do either. <laughs> or I was thinking more for your eyes only when they're like hiding the oxygen tank or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, then, yeah. This uh, scene still made me laugh. Go ahead. Oh, my other note on that was when they pull him aboard. Oh shit! The breathing device wasn't lined up properly. Yeah, yeah, he drowned. Right. <laughs> shit! His arms were bound. He couldn't put it in. Yeah, right. That's scary, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, oh. my god. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I mentioned. I mentioned this with you. Uh, this movie. I leaned over to Dylan. I'm like, have you ever seen Herbie Goes Bananas? And then we proceeded to watch said clip. <laughs> so I, so the way like Roger the, uh, Roger Corman rather, ejecting. Yeah, Roger. Yeah, that's the funniest shit. If you've ever seen Herbie Goes Bananas, it's 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 probably the worst Herbie movie. I mean, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, give the audience your Herbie spiel. Uh, so I I've grew up loving the Herbie movies, um, but yeah, Herbie Goes Bananas is the most ridiculous one. There's one scene in that movie where they're on a cruise ship. And it's like Herbie's old owner gave Herbie to his ne- nephew, which they, they picked up a car up in Mexico for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why. I guess he was racing in fucking Mexico. But Herbie that, on spring break. Yeah, Herbie on spring break. He's in, in Cabo. <laughs> um, so they have to go on a cruise ship. And there's this kid involved too that like he's like a he's like a he's like a street rat kid and he like hides in Herbie and he knows Herbie is like alive and shit. But the street owners, rat. the niece does the, the niece, the nephew doesn't know about like the whole cars alive shit. Like his uncle didn't make him smart to it. It's like whatever. So they go on a cruise ship and they Won't lock. You be in for a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> So they, they lock, like, that's every fucking Herbie movie. It's like, we gotta fucking find out if the car's alive and get convinced that he's alive. So they go on a cruise ship, and Herbie's, like, held in, like, the, uh, the the storage bay or whatever. And the kid got, like, seized, too. So he's, like, in a cell. Um, and, and Herbie breaks him out of the cell, and they start, like, running amok around the ship. And... <laughs> So the captain decides the next morning they put the car on a plank upside down. How? I, I, yeah, they must. It, I mean, Volkswagen's are pretty small. I've seen there's, there's a few of the movies where that you see like like seven of them pick up the car. So it's a, it's a it's, if you get enough people, you can okay. pick up that car. It's a small car. So they, I'm yeah, sure. I guess it's only uh, what's what's a, 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 a 1963 Volkswagen Bug. How much is that weigh? It can't be that much. Those engines are like go-kart engines. Fifteen sixty-five. Okay, yeah. About so one thousand five hundred sixty-five pounds. So okay, so yeah, so, you, yeah could... you get you get seven seven or eight people. Yeah, to carry that thing. Yeah, or a crane or something. So, anyways, the power of movie magic. They put this car upside down on a freaking 
like <laughs> and like the drum roll and that's like you know, we're gonna get the captain's like we're gonna commit it to the sea and they say that too kind of in this movie like we're gonna commit his body to the sea and for his work and they throw herbie off the side of this <laughs> fucking cruise ship and it's like it's like beeping it's like emotional he's like and I'm like, oh man, poor little guy. And they throw him off the ship. And it's as funny as shit because the nephew was kind of like over, you see him on a, over a railing and he looks like sad. But it's funny because he doesn't know Herbie's alive. <laughs> All he knows is this fucking crazy captain is throwing his car <laughs> off the I'd ship. I'd be sad too. It's like my uncle gave me that car, man. And like, we're going to go like, because he's like, we're going to, because he finds out the car is really fast. So he's like, oh man, we're going to race this car and make some money doing like, you know, go get back into racing. And it's like, now you're throwing my car off the fucking <laughs> cruise ship it's so ridiculous uh, but like so intercut the two of them so yeah so that roger corman is throwing james bond off yeah and the uh the british government is giving a funeral to a car <laughs> to herbie <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous but it sort of reminded me of that scene because they're, they're pretty close together uh herbie goes bananas comes out herbie goes bananas is 1980 so it's a few so years thir- later. 13 years apart. Yeah, so. <clears throat> but it just. <laughs> I was watching the trailer for this movie. When's the uh, first Herbie movie? Uh, that's like 60s. Um, that's close. That's probably close to this. That's uh, 68. Oh, damn. I think 68. All right, shall we continue with the yeah. movie? <laughs> yeah, let's get back to You Only Live Twice. While it. Oh, um. Oh, wow, this skips right ahead. Okay. So while attending a sumo match, Bond is approached by Japanese Secret Service agent Aki, who takes him to meet local MI6 operative Dicko Henderson. Henderson claims to have critical evidence about the spacecraft, but is killed by a hitman before he can elaborate. Bond kills the assailant, taking his clothing as a disguise, and is driven in the getaway car to Osato Chemicals. Once there, Bond subdues the driver and breaks into the office safe of the company's president, Mr. Osato. After obtaining secret documents, Bond is pursued by security and rescued by Aki, who flees to a secluded subway station. Bond chases her, but falls down a trapdoor leading to the office of the head of the Japanese Secret Service, Tiger Tanaka. The documents are examined. They include a photograph of the cargo ship Ningpo with a microdot message saying that the tourist who took the photo was killed as a security precaution. All right. I got a question so, for you, Dylan. All right. Are you team I may have an answer. Are you team Aki or team Kissy? Team Aki. Mm, same. Yeah. Same. This is like it's the well, part Kissy's really cool too. I think Kissy's really cool. Yeah. Um, but so let me get into this now. We're here. I'm thinking about it. Um, how fucking unnecessary. Um, like Kissy, like Kissy's necessary. So, okay. Run me th- make sure I'm getting this right, so, Dylan. Okay. So because I may have an answer for you here as to why this so, is happening. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> So, in order to get to this fishing village, 
and whatever and like be accepted to Japanese culture, become a ninja. Bond has to, you know, become Japanese, which in a movie nowadays, you wouldn't have to change your appearance. You just become Japanese. You just become one with the culture and you like learn like it's a karate kid. Um, so he has to like change his appearance, which looks stupid. We'll talk about that later. So he has to marry someone. He needs an honorable wife. And so, and they even look, look at each other, him and Aki kind of get excited, like, oh my God, we can get married. No, you can't marry Aki. It has to be someone that lives in this village that like knows the area or whatever. So okay. enter Kissy. But before uh, Kissy comes along, immediately we have to be like, we got to kill Aki. She can't right. be in the picture. And then we get that. It's a really cool sequence of the poisoning with the with the thread, which I think it's a really brilliant kill technique. And it's like kind of like a, a real like stunner shot where it's like holy shit that really happened in a movie um, all right I'm and then gonna, they kill Aki. i'm gonna get dark i'm gonna get as dark as the book gets here okay so yeah that, so that's my question does this match up with the book no the, what I, i'm only as dark as the book here because you'll see so i had to uh, while you were talking i was doing some research here so We've got Akiko Wakabayashi as Aki and Mihama as Kissy. Kissy Suzuki. Um, and the uncredited voice of Kissy is Nikki Vanderzil. So, I had to do a little research here to make sure that I wasn't speaking out of turn. So, Mihama was originally cast as Aki, but struggled with her English lessons. When they tried to fire her, she threatened to commit suicide due to immense shame. So, she and Akiko Wakabayashi, who was progressing far better with her English, swapped parts, leaving Hama as Kissy. So, I'm thinking that maybe this wasn't even a role so they were like we got to keep this girl because of what was yeah what could so have maybe, happened. We, maybe we may maybe we give her a role in this way i'm not sure that that, so Dylan, that makes so some, much sense i'll have honestly. to do some more research wow but it also it gives credence to why aki's voice sounds natural um whereas uh Kissy Suzuki's voice is dubbed. So Tiger Tanaka's voice is dubbed. And doesn't say that that Aki is dubbed. Interesting. So, let me let's see if it's in the the IMDB. But yeah, that that might be the answer to your question. Yeah, it, it just feels so unnecessary cuz I remember I was like I was about to say it to you when we were watching, but I was like I'm going to say it for the conversation. But um, yeah, it looks like Aki did her own voice. It was her own voice. Interesting. Yeah, I thought they were both just dubbed. Um, so yeah, it's just like so. It just doesn't make any sense because you have all this built 
of their relationship, of Bond and Aki's relationship, and they're really starting to dig each other. And, you know, I mean, it's a Bond movie, so you always know what's going to happen to the woman. Like, it's we're never going to see her again. But, like, you're like, wow, they, they actually seem to feel each other. And they're like, when the whole marriage thing happens, like, oh, they're like, oh, they sparked up. And you got to enter this girl yeah, kissing. Yeah, man, they sparked up. They sparked it up, dude. They sparked up a doobie and said, fuck it. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was very unnecessary to me. It's like you killed off that girl and he's like, okay, I'm with this girl now. And now, now we like each other. And like, uh, and, and Connery only likes her because she's not ugly as a pig. Yeah. And that whole chestnut. I like her as a character because she's practical. Like, I mean, maybe not in the end when she's running around in a bathing suit, but like as they're, as but she, what is she doing? As what, what? She first meets him. She's like, no, we're not fucking yeah. We're working. Yeah. I like that. But like, but yeah, I'm just like, so I'm, I'm like looking at this. I'm like, you didn't need Kissy in the final act. No, it, it could have been Aki, but yeah. I feel like that may have been the reason. But they they, they they wanted to keep her in there for something to not have her kill herself. Yeah, which is not like to be dark. Oh man, it's so dark. What a shame! Like, you couldn't put her in something else. Like like she could have like. Did something else? I don't know because I like Aki. Because I, I feel like Aki is the is the quote unquote Bond girl of this movie. Where yeah. it's like you know that should be the one, and then but you look at like the wiki and stuff, and it's always you know Kissy seems to be up higher in the rankings for the most part, and it's like that's that's not fair. It's just like you we 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 spent. How, the movie is hour 57. We spent an hour plus with Aki. and We spent half an hour just talking about how stoned you were. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And then we spent, like, maybe 35 to 45 minutes with Kissy. It's just like, I don't know. It just seems like... It seems very it seemed very messy, but now that I I heard that story from you, I'm like, it makes sense. But it's a, it's a pity that that had to happen. So, Mihama was in King Kong Escapes from 1967. Oh, nice. And, and hold on, hold on. Akiko Wakabayashi. I didn't mean to cut you off. Just saying, nice. Forgive me. Yeah, right. Well, slow down saying that one Don't, word. Do not say that she is nice. She is not nice. Oh, She's mean. <laughs> she was mean to me. <laughs> that's why you like, yeah, That's why I wanted you to slow down. I saw her at Dunkin' Donuts once. I tried to say hi to her and she told me to go fuck myself. Yeah. I don't oh, like her. Oh, your English is good now, huh? <laughs> oh. Anyway, so uh, Akiko Wakabayashi was in 1964 was in Ghidorah the three-headed monster but in 1963 both of them were in King Kong versus Godzilla Really? Yep. Yo. Let's go. The uh 63 one? Yep. Nice. Whoa, slow down, slow down. <laughs> oh, oh, nice is like a trigger word tonight. <laughs> it was that movie was mean to me. <laughs> it called me fat. <laughs> oh, anyways, but yeah, so I'm glad I kind of got that 
explain to me more because I guess now I, I kind of I get I'm it. I'm gonna now. go into my James Bond Toshin book and and see if that's there's any info of, of that in there. Yeah, we'll um, we'll come back to you if there's anything else there. Now, do you know um, who wrote the screenplay for this movie? Um, according to this, it's by uh oh Roald Dahl. Roald yeah. Dahl. Roald Dahl. Yeah, you know what he's written, right? What's he written? He wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh yeah, wrote, of course. Um, what what are some of the ones? He's, I, that's the one that immediately comes to mind. Matilda, the BFG, the Witches, James and the Giant Peach, Fantastic Mr. Fox, the Twits. And you only live twice. And you, and the screenplay for you only live twice. And Ian Fleming did the screenplay for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Hell yeah. So. Whoa, what, what's this? Oh, what? What? What is this? No time to vibe. Okay, no, all right. Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay. Um. Tugga tugga tugga. I don't know what that was. <laughs> tugga tugga. Um. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, some of my notes here. Money penny. Ten. Money Penny is we, a ten. We, we remarked that Lois Maxwell looks absolutely amazing as Money Money Penny, excuse me. Um, except at the end, I cannot stand her hair at the end of this movie. It is the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it looks a little odd. Yeah, it's like. Um... Oh look, here it is, right here. It's on the Wikipedia page. I'll share my screen with you. It's like, it's like a helmet. Or like big oh, floppy yeah, it's dog like... ears. Like Or she looks like a pilgrim. Anyway. So it, it's a definitely a weird hairstyle at the end, but we both remarked when she shows up at the desk there how beautiful money penny looks. Oh yeah. She was like so, looking fine. Money Lois fine. Max- Lois Maxwell was a beautiful woman. Uh, mm-hmm. ho- whoever did that hairstyle on her did her dirty. Um, uh, unless it was hers. Maybe she didn't have as much fashion sense as we I think. Who knows? Uh, maybe that's why Bond never hooked up with her. He's like, I love Money Penny. She's wonderful, but she has no fashion sense. <laughs> <laughs> she always picks the weirdest outfits. <laughs> Not complimentary to her at all. Um, uh, okay. So Bond gets shot out of a firing tube in the submarine. <laughs> what if he just exploded? Yeah. <laughs> what if it immediately a, a shark just ate him? Yeah, he just gets <laughs> shot right into the mouth of a passing shark or a whale. Oh yeah, it's like a freaking it's like a monstro from Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's right into a, he gets a shot right into the center of a huge thing of krill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, damn which, it! Which would have been ironic because that's how the, that's how the rocket would take in space shuttles. <laughs> so instead, right? <laughs> instead, it's a whale. That's how the agent one. gets taken out too. Oh, that would have been great, uh, dude. It, the screenplay by Roald Dahl explains the fever dream of this all. You know, mm. that that it rhymed. It did rhyme. The doll of it all. Doll of it explains all. the fever dream. 
Um, uh, the office fight with with Grandpa Rock is pretty the, good. For those who don't know, that is The Rock's grandfather. Um, which is funny because someone... Uh, some, our friend, The Rock. Uh, yeah, he's, he's he's been my friend since I was a kid, man. I love The Rock. Um, so when... And we, I've, I love The Rock since we watched it on this podcast. I love The Rock. Uh, the Rock is great. Good movie. But yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson... Uh, so yeah, that's his grandpa, and yeah, there was actually Famous an interview. Famous film and television actor. Yes, he's back, man. He's wrestling again. That's how bad the writer strike is. He's he's wrestling again. That's how bad Black Adam was. So, yeah, yeah. He's like, I, I should just go wrestling again, which is great. And that's where he realistically, belongs. when you think about it, like name an actually like actually very good The Rock movie. Um, honestly, man, I like those fast movies. I yeah, but those are ensemble pieces. Yeah, so 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 a solo. It's 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 the Rock's movie. The Juma- yeah. Jumanji movies are good. I mean, is that ensemble pieces? Fuck. How, <sighs> like a movie where it's like uh, there can be like three lead actors. You know what I mean? Any more than three, and it becomes an ensemble. <laughs> I look at a li- Moana. I love Moana. He's Maui. Is in he it. the is he the star of that movie? Yeah, it's him and him and Moana. They're like okay, it's okay. Like, yeah, so that's the, that's yeah. He's the the um the forefront of that. Um, I guess I'm, I, and you know what? I like Jungle Cruise. Disney's okay. Jungle Cruise, based off the movie. That that was fine. But like, yeah, he's based he, off the ride. You mean off the ride? Yeah, sorry. Um, the movie based off the movie. The movie based off the movie. Um, so yeah. Well, that's what Disney is doing a lot of lately. Yeah, we just watched movie, movies based off the movies. Ba- mo- yeah, movies based off the movies. Watch with the ride based off the movies. Um, so yeah. Um, like you acknowledged how, like, the we acknowledged how the new Little Mermaid was weird, and you're like, yeah, Alicia didn't like her because she's black. <laughs> She was so like because <laughs> you you sent I'm that kidding, to me. Alicia. Yeah, you sent that to her. Like I, I, you sent it to me, and I played it, and she's like, "What?" And I'm like, "It's a joke. It's a bit that was on the show last week. I'm sorry. It's like it's no. It's not. It's like oh, but she, oh, she fine. Whatever. She she got over it. But she's like, she's like, I I just didn't like her because I didn't like her version of the character. For God's no. sakes." Yeah, she wasn't a bad actress. It just was a bad movie. Yeah, it just, everyone she, did fine in it because we've been watching. Everyone was fine. Can we watch? We we've been doing this. We did like a marathon where we watched the live action remakes and then the original cartoon after. And then I'm like, yeah, this is not Ariel. Ariel is like more bubbly and like very ADHD, you know. And this one was this it wasn't as good. I, I think it's a it's 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 a version of it, but but yeah, uh, but yeah. Also, so I always thought it was weird that. Uh, a character that swims under the sea is named Ariel. Mm. Yeah, I think her name would be like Burial. Ocean y'all. Ocean y'all. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> oh shit, y'all. <laughs> oh shit, I, y'all. I said ocean, y'all. Oh, ocean, y'all. I thought I said all shit, y'all. Ocean, y'all. <laughs> oh shit, y'all. Oh, a ship, y'all. That's what Daniel Craig says after um after Felix Leiter dies and No Time to Die. He's floating on the raft, and then you hear the horn honk, and it's like, oh, it's shit. Oh, it's a ship, y'all. <laughs> he went into his knives out character. <laughs> I do declare. I do declare that is there's a ship. a ship over there. Oh, it's a nice little rhyme too. <laughs> I gotta rewatch that. And Knives you know when you and you know when you have a rhyme, you're about to solve a crime. <laughs> oh, I love those movies so much. They're fun. They're fun. Oh, Knives Out and Glass Onion, man, so good, so much fun. Uh, but yeah, so go, rolling back for the rocks, grandfather's in this. But so there was an interview recently. People are like, oh man. <clears throat> Have you ever considered being in a James Bond movie? And he says, I don't want it to be James Bond. I want to take after my grandfather. I want to be a henchman and fight James Bond. Which I would have been cool to have him instead of Batista. Because... Uh, you, know, you know what? That's The interviewer should have immediately followed with, I never said you as James Bond. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't work. Yeah, I would say something else. Like, a uh, you could play the car. You could be the car. <laughs> Except, except he's, it's just him. And four wheels. <laughs> no, no, no. On his, like, on all fours. <laughs> and the actor sits on his back. Yeah, you're like. There's a steering wheel that's strapped to him. It's like, all right, 007, this is your new transportation. The Aston button. Blah, blah. And it's just him on all fours going, vroom, vroom. It's like, um, like that shot in Zoolander where he's, like, riding the the person yeah <laughs> it's got like the bdsm like uh, collar yeah. in his mouth Rain. Uh, but yeah i would have preferred uh, him to be the henchman in um in place of batista because batista is a really good actor yeah, uh, of the wrestling wasn't given anything to do in that movie yeah of the wrestlers that became actors it's it's cena rock um batista uh, Steve Austin for a bit. Hulk Hogan had terrible movies in the 80s. Um, but, like, yeah, I put The Rock in there because, one, I think that fit him better acting-wise because he's just going to play the same, like, jabroni in every other movie he does. And it would have been a nice callback to his grandfather. So he should have been fighting Daniel Craig. But yeah, that's my spiel about uh, the fact that his grandfather. It would have taken me right out of the movie if The Rock shows up. And it, it took it, it, it didn't take you out for Batista. Not at all. Oh. You know why? Because Batista did one didn't talk. The Rock would want to talk. Batista's a a good actor, and The Rock's not a bad actor. But I think The Rock's a little more self centered, as we've seen with Black Adam. But Batista, Batista um, is more has way more range. Yeah, so I think Batista was just better. He's like, yeah, I'll be silent for most of the time and menacing as fuck. He's like, like I'm gonna, he's like, I'm gonna, he's like, I'm gonna be in a James Bond movie. I'll do whatever you want. He's like modern Jaws. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was really good at that, and yeah, except for that one shit before he gets <laughs> yanked out. <laughs> I didn't like that. Oh my god. Um, but so on the on that note of the fight with. Grandpa, with Papa Rock, um, it's got a weak ending. Mm. He just like hits him on the cheek with a statue. To he dude 
takes a tumble and he's instantly down. But like it breaks in like, half, so it shows that he really was a tough person. Yeah, but I think you need you need that fight to end with Bond just barely making it out. Mm. You know what I mean? Bond needs to be ninety eight percent of the way to death. Yeah. Not not physically beat up, but like you know you know what I mean? Like the knife is like right there and he gets out of it by the skin of his teeth. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess you could say he does, but it's just it just feels like a standard fight that ends. It's very, very wrestling. It's a good fight. It's because yeah, it's, it's very a lot of wrestling moves. You could tell, yeah. like I, as a person who is very involved in wrestling, um, yeah, you could totally see the Irish whips, like him, like kind of grabbing him, grabbing Bond and throwing him through like a wall or something. Uh, all it the, was a very all the good grapples. fight. I really yeah. like it. It's pretty brutal. So watching, it's just the ending I don't care for. Yeah. Watching Connery fight in general, he's my favorite Bond fighter. Yeah. It's like he's like just he, like he uses brawler. something in, he uses something in his environment to get out to like win the fight, but it's not it's not close enough. Like I wish the fight was just closer. Mm. You know? Just just it where Connery is one wrong move away from being killed. The the use of the couch as a weapon is damn good. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, so Connery is your favorite fighter of all the Bonds. Uh, Craig is really good. Craig has like elements of all of them. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's been on record saying, you know, he was he was a Connery person, of course, like like all of us. But Craig is th- the best fighter. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's the perfected he's a version killer. Yeah, but you know when it comes to like. How it started. I mean, Connery, we talk about all the time. He was the one that set it all up for the rest of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was like Connery, and then you move on. Well, I mean, technically, it was Barry Nelson. Mm. I'm kidding. But, yeah. <laughs> but so, so yeah, I, I, I think I think Connery's um, probably one of the <clears throat> best fighters, but, like, obviously influenced some other um, Bonds later on, I'm sure. But yeah. What um, else you enough- got? Another note I have. Okay. So. Uh, on a video project we're working on, but has yet to come out. The I visited Freeplay the other day. Oh, yes. I played the You Only Live Twice pinball machine. What did you think of it? Uh, the body itself, like the contents of the the game are the exact same as the Dr. No one. It's just the the headboard art. Is oh, is there a DB5 and all that's in there still? It's all the same stuff. Really? Yeah. Um, at least it looked like it was. I'll have to compare the footage. But um, it was really fun. But it still has a list of the villains. And it's got Charles Gray as Blofeld, a.k.a. Mr. Henderson. Do you want to discuss this theory? Yeah, because, I mean, this is something we, were t- we, t- we talked about watching this movie. So for those who don't know, Charles Gray um, plays Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever, but plays Mr. Henderson in You Only Live Twice. And Diamonds Are Forever deals with... Um, uh, like yeah, surgery, uh, facial surgery to like he'll become me. 
So, how um, do you think they took Mr. Henderson's look, and that's how they were planning on like, like that? That's the model they wanted for Blofeld. Like, what's what's the deal with that? What's the history of the casting? I don't know. I and I wonder if it's just. It's. I think it might just be. Like, you know but probably, like it's just casting. I think they saw him in that movie. Yeah. They're like, "Hey, you want to come back?" Well, you know what it probably is. Um, oh, um, it it probably is just the maker of that pinball machine just having a little wink, little fan wink. Yeah. You know? So, anyway, so that was just something I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Because. Uh, they, I mean, they have a habit of bringing back actors. They brought back uh, David Hedison, like thirteen years apart, or sixteen years apart, from seventy-three to eighty-nine. They um, bring back uh, Joe Don Baker from eighty-seven to ninety ninety-eight. You know what I mean? Or ninety-seven? Yeah, ninety-seven. So Joe Don Baker plays. Oh, from eighty-seven to ninety-seven. So ten years later, he go, he goes from playing a villain to playing an ally. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, this franchise is not a uh, not, and we just we're talking about Mr. Slumber, so yeah, Mr. Slumber came back but, twice. Uh, the uh, well, you only live twice, Mr. Bond. Yes, um, but it was just really interesting to see that on the um, the pinball machine. <clears throat> so keep keep an eye out for that video at yeah, some point. Yeah, first. absolutely. Um, then I, I have another note. Um. The office safe scene. So he's trying to unlock this safe, and the security guards are coming down the hallway, and he like stops, and and waits for them to go away before he can continue. There's no tension at all in that scene because we have no idea of the geography of that scene. We needed one shot that show that had a wall down the middle where we see Connery on one side with the safe. And the security guards coming down the other. Yeah. So we understand spatially where they are in relation to each other so that the tension can be real. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because realistically, it could have been like the other side of the fucking building, you know? Or like they already ripped a hole through the wall. Maybe like have a shot where the security guards are walking down the hallway and the the ripped wall is just outside of their view. Mm. And the closer they get, the closer they get to... As they walk closer, it's it, more and more close to seeing that ripped wall, and that's the tension. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the more noise he makes with his lock-picking machine, he risks them walking closer to the ripped wall. You know what I mean? There's no tension there. Um, and then my final note on that is, why does the alarm go off if he successfully unlocked the safe? I, I assume that it's there was a... unlocked. Yeah, yeah. I, I I always assumed that it was just because he opened it. But I'm like, yeah, why would it go off if you open the safe? That's the point of the combination. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, like it, literally in the next film, Lazenby uses a much much larger safe cracking machine. Yeah. But it's got <laughs> but it's got also got a copy machine in it. Yeah. But but. He's able to open the safe. He sit there and read a Playboy as it unlocks the safe. Exactly. <laughs> but it it doesn't set off any alarms. I don't know. 
Um, okay. I'm going to keep going with the wiki. Bond goes back to Osato Chemicals to... Oh, wait a second. No, we still, we got more stuff. What about Tiger Tanaka? What do you think of Tiger? We haven't discussed him at all. Tiger's cool. I always enjoy his dubbed voice. You must become Japanese, Mr. Bond. It's very, very deep. And... A train, just like your, your Mr. M has a similar arrangement in London, yes? Yeah, uh... I like how Bond doesn't want to embarrass his boss. He's like, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, just like this. <laughs> well, we talked about that while watching the movie, how funny it is that, like, M's office looks just like his office back in London on the submarine. Oh, in the, when it's on a submarine, So we yeah. thought it would be funny if he had, like, the padding on the door still. And, like, yeah. the desk looks the same. Like, he brings the desk along with him everywhere. <laughs> like, like, his office looks just, like, even in Moneypenny's office, too. Like, they look mm. just, like, it's the same set. So it's really funny. Just some more exposed steel bolts. Which which Roger Moore one is it? They have the the uh, MI6 base on, like, the sunken ship. Uh, man with the Golden Gun. I love and that. And in Living Daylights, Emma has his office on a plane. That's right, yeah. I love mm. I, I love the sunken ship one because everything's sideways. It's sideways. Oh, that, what a mind fuck. Yeah, it's yeah. trippy. But That's it's, a very trippy it's set. So, yeah, but it's so cool. But yeah, so I, I That might be the coolest part of that movie. Yeah, I like I like that. that, that. I like the, like the funhouse. Um, all right, uh, we'll keep going with the wiki here. Bond goes back to Osato Chemicals to meet Osato, masquerading as a potential buyer. Osato humors Bond, but after their meeting, orders his secretary, Helga Brandt, to kill him. Both are Spectre agents. He doesn't even wait till Bond's out of the fucking room. I pointed that out yesterday. Yeah, he's like, kill he him. He finishes their meeting, and Bond's like, as soon as Bond is out of frame, he turns to Helga Brandt and goes, kill him. I'm sorry, what did you and, say? I'm still in the room. Uh... <laughs> And you made those creepy comments about the cigarettes killing me. <laughs> um, that gets brought up a bunch in this movie. There's three jokes about, like, how it won't be the nicotine of the smoke that kills you or whatever. Well, was there, like, some kind of, like, petition against cigarettes in those days? Like, wasn't, weren't cigarettes, like... They were hip and swinging. Yeah, like I was saying, was there like a dare thing where it was like, you know, don't smoke cigarettes on planes or something like that? Like, what? The, like, what's the deal with the? I I don't even think that was until like the eighties. But I, I I do think maybe it sets up the the cigarette missile. You know, I don't know. Which, how does that make sense? Would wouldn't if you lit it like this, wouldn't it shoot out the other way? Yeah. Like, why would you light it from the front and it goes forward? If you're lighting it, usually you, if you light something like like a firecracker or something, it's going to light the back so it propels the yeah, object. Yeah, you're just going to blow it up right in your face. That's like, what if you're like, you know, it's like in your mouth, like, that would have been clever for like to give somebody and they smoke it and it kills them. Yeah. But instead it's like, we light it from the front and it'll it'll shoot forward. It's a cool gadget, but it's not really practical. Maybe they're, whatever... So okay, whatever is you've got the 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 weapon in the cent the the projectiles in the center, but whatever surrounds it inside of the paper, maybe that is like the second you light it, it burns all the way to the back and lights a fuse. That's right, yeah, the back maybe and shoots it forward. Yeah, something so, like that. But like, yeah. I don't know. It just seems very dangerous. I wouldn't want to hold it in front of my face. He's just like, no, 
like this. And it goes, yeah, very, very cavalierly. So that's a fucking, that's a dangerous. That's, and the one that Tiger shows him is a doobie. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a not doobie. a cigarette. Oh, it yeah. is a, it's, it's a rolled up doob. Oh, yeah. Um, let's yeah, let's talk about let's talk about gadgets for a couple of minutes. A lot of fun gadgets okay. in this movie. Uh, one being uh, one one of my more favorite uh, vehicles, Little Nelly. Little Nelly, love Little we, Nelly. Well, we're um, that's the next um, that's the next paragraph. Well, read read it up. We'll talk about Little Nelly. Okay. All right. So um, outside the building, assassins open fire on Bond before Aki rescues him again. Bond and Aki drive to Kobe, 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 where the Ningpo is docked. They investigate the company's dock facilities and discover the ship was delivering elements for rocket fuel. They are discovered, but Bond eludes the henchmen until Aki gets away. However, Bond is captured. He wakes up tied up in Brant's ca- Helga Brant's cabin on the Ningpo. Brant interrogates Bond before seducing him. Brant flies Bond to Tokyo the next day, but en route she sets off a flare in the plane, seals Bond in his seat, and bails out. Bond lands the plane and flees before it explodes. After finding out where the Ningpo uh, unloaded, Bond flies over the area in an armed autogyro created by Q. Near a volcano, Bond is attacked and defeats four helicopters, confirming his suspicions of a nearby base. A Soviet spacecraft is captured in orbit by another unidentified craft, heightening tensions with the U.S. The The mysterious spaceship lands in a base hidden inside the volcano, operated by Ernst Stavro Blofeld of Spectre, who has been hired by a great power to start a Soviet-American war. Blofeld summons Osato and Brandt to his quarters for not having killed Bond. Osato blames Brandt, who leaves. Blofeld eventually drops her in a pool filled with piranhas. Okay, that was weirdly phrased. All right, go ahead and talk about Little Nelly, the autogyro. I, l- I love that little thing. Uh, I was trying to find a picture. I I thought I had a picture of it because uh, there is one one of them, uh, one of the used ones, screen used ones. I don't think it flew. I think it just like was for uh, stable shots on like the ground. It was at the Bond Museum that I went to go see. And it was really cool to see the size of that. Like it was kind of hanging up, but looking at it, I'm like, yeah, man, I think it was fucking tiny. And seeing. Connery just sitting in it. Obviously, the stunt guy actually flying. This thing flew. It was so cool to see it actually flying around. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tiny little thing. And prob- probably this, the... Uh... Sorry, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. No, you. Uh, well, the, the model that was used for Little Nelly was also used in a search for the Loch Ness Monster. Really? Yes. They like use on the excursion. It was designed by Ken Wallace, developed a miniature auto gyro craft, the Wallace Auto Gyro. Oh man, uh, the w- Wallace WA one sixteen Agile. Wow, it was it. That's the little Nelly. Uh, Ken Wallace's designs have been used in various scenarios, including military training, police reconnaissance, and in a search for the Loch Ness monster. That's so maybe cr- not that exact same one, but it could have been. Still. That's dope. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just thought that was pretty fucking weird. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a cool little vehicle. I love that. I, I love that sequence. Uh, the Bond theme, classic Bond theme kicks in. And we just get like a lot of, we, we notice a lot of like repeating shots of helicopters blowing up. 
them just kind of like hovering yeah. there and it's in place because that's what the model was yeah so i yeah clever but uh yeah i love that sequence i think i think that's uh such a fun and I, lo- I love his his hat i want to photoshop r2d2's head onto his onto his head i think it's adorable yeah and there's definitely parts where as the helicopter's flying through you could have r2d2 screaming <laughs> beeping and whatnot so, um, another thing we didn't even touch on, the art for uh, this film, the poster for this film, is the uh, is the art for our podcast. Yeah, yeah. As as soon as the girls walked in, we're like, oh man, this is it. The art for our podcast. Let's let's not um, acknowledge how incredibly sexist this scene is. Oh um, my goodness. I don't really want to talk about all that. It, it's it's, it's sexist. It's like super we, sexist. We we it's like we know. It's just... yeah. Um, and it's racist. Um, and it's you know, cultures partaking in their own racism, of their own culture, and yeah, it's not fun. Um, I also had a thought. Would you be opposed to changing? the art for our podcast at this point only because we've made it to you only live twice and now maybe we could pick another film and photoshop ourselves into it oh interesting i i I do love that art me too maybe yeah anyway something to chew on for a little bit yeah yeah, think about it Think about what okay. we could do because we've seen so many that we're like kind of in love with now. Mm. Um, we do need to do that poster ranking episode. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll think about a, a new podcast. That could be fun. Mm. Continue on, little Nelly. Though, sorry. Uh, no, that was about it. I just I, I love that that sequence. This is so much fun to me. I th- I think this this is basically I think this is the hallmark scene for this movie. This is the big scene, I feel. It's just like... Oh, no, I think the when, big scene is the giant volcano. Sure. But, like, when you think of this movie, a lot of people think about that that helicopter. And mm. it's, it's on a lot of the poster art that you see. If you look up, like, you only have twice in general, you'll see the helicopter somewhere. Uh, it's, it's very cool. It's a very cool little helicopter. But yeah, that's, it a very, that's it's a very cool set piece for sure. Yeah. What other gadgets do we get in this in this movie? Uh, we get so we the, get the cigarette. We get the we get little Nelly and the cigarette. What else? Do we uh, have? I guess you can count the um, safe cracker. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I mentioned this. Uh, it's in my notes. My very few notes. Uh, I love that Toyota 2000 GT. I love that little car. Uh, that's a pretty iconic car too. As I um, noted, the one that he is clearly too big for way which too is why they for. had to make it a convertible way too big um but yeah nice little like sexy sports car and it has the kind of like uh, instrument set up with the video call on the back it's like in the it's behind the seats but v- you can tell that's what the shagwar was based on in austin powers which is another austin powers reference like they have the him talking to basil on the little tiny screen just like you only live twice I have a note on that. Why is the video in the back seat? They probably can't fit all the bullshit in the uh, in the front. Yeah, because I'm willing to bet the tube on that TV is like nine inches long. Oh yeah. Um, 
Uh, well, that it's pro- but, it probably wasn't really there because you only see it like yeah, he's, up close. He's just looking back. Yeah. yeah, so I'm sure they like say like, it's like we can't afford to put like a fancy computer system in this car, like on the front, to make it even look like it. So we'll just like say it's it, it, they probably built a. Like but in a thing. world, in a fiction movie, when you can, you know, literally make anything to make it look like, any, you know what I mean? You could just build a car and have the screen and the dashboard. Well, let me see. I'm going to look up a and, Toyota. And then just, I don't know, then just cut to the other side of his face, you know, and then you don't have to film from the back seat of the rear screen projection. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, inter- yeah, the interior. Yeah, you could have did it. It's not that crazy of a setup. It's It's very... Reminiscent of the DB5, too. DB5 didn't have to do much because you're just putting that little GPS screen in. That's all they had to do. Um, but yeah, I, I like that little car. That's he, that's kind of that's, that's kind of a gadget in itself. And um, uh, a note I have on those screens as well, on the backseat screen, uh, is uh, look, you only live twice as on. Um, <laughs> yeah, they like they basically which is also in Tiger Tanaka's office as well <laughs> like playing the movie i'm like oh cool which which made me uh so when it happens in tiger's office it basically catches up to the moment you know what i mean like it shows everything from him dropping into the office and if it were to keep going it would just be like a few seconds behind reality um so it just made me think of Spaceballs the movie oh yeah <laughs> Instant home video. Instant cassette. Oh, yeah, and he's, like, looking back, looking forward, looking back. We're in now. When will then be now? I hate when movies do Soon. that, man. It's oh, like... I love that. It's one of my favorite jokes in any Mel Brooks film. No, no, but, like... No, skip this. Go go but, past this. But pa- way past this. In fact, never play this again. Yeah. But, no, like, in, in general, when you're trying to... Like, it's a really serious movie. It's like they clearly took the footage like you couldn't like done something a little more creative reshot something had to put a different camera somewhere yeah like a different camera that's, that's gonna be our security camera camera but yeah whatever i don't make movies i it's make just, podcasts just the exact same cinematography we saw 45 seconds previous yeah um i have a note here that is just pokemon Pokemon. Yeah, I feel like not. I don't know why, but I felt like there should have been Pokemon in this movie. <laughs> I know that Cause, Pokemon cause, didn't exist because they're didn't in exist Japan at the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> but like, I just wanted to see some reference to Pokemon. I I'm aware it's a 30 year difference, folks. I'm very aware. But tell me, the Pokemon in this movie wouldn't improved it a little bit. Like what like, Pokemon? You'd see a Machoke. No, I yeah. You probably see you know, like you'd see a Hitmonlee. Probably a Magma, probably Magmar on the volcano. Yeah, yeah. That's all you would see, um, and maybe like a, see, I don't know. You could do um, like some Caterpies or something. Yeah, that's yeah. The Caterpie puts the poison on the string. Oh, string shot. Yeah. Hey, Ooh. poison string. There we go. I like that. Um, I like that. And then I have a note. I like the plumbing. And I put a question mark because I don't remember what's that from. 
He's, does he say I like the plumbing? Oh yeah, doesn't he make like a weird, a weird comment about the plumbing, but towards a woman? Yeah, I think it's a vagina joke. It's a vagina joke. Yeah. Uh, okay, never mind. And then we see that he has werewolf legs. Oh yeah. Um, as he's getting a massage. Oh oh, so when the car is chasing them and the magnet lifts the car. My brain just went, just like, imagine that the magnet is, it's strong enough to pick up a car. So, like, all of their, you know, their guns and their watches, like, get yanked to the ceiling as well. They, not in the movie, but that's what would happen. Like, all their stuff would get yanked to the ceiling. And then their fillings just get ripped out of their face. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Ah. The, the metal clamps in one of the dude's vasectomies <laughs> rips right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. Just like his like his legs go up and his like they're in the ceiling. My my steel toe shoes. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh god. Oh but yeah, yeah, the vasectomy is just his crotch to the ceiling. <laughs> oh my god, what a way to go. What a way to fucking go. <laughs> and everyone else their you know, their heads are being the glued to the ceiling as the, the fillings are working their way through their brain. Oh. <laughs> Finally popping through the top of their head and they they get released and drop down. Damn. <laughs> Just with like eight holes in their head. Anyway. Sorry, that's got that got gruesome. They are crazy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're in time for Halloween. <laughs> uh, anyway. And werewolf legs. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a werewolf in this movie too. Um I don't like the talk scene. I don't like it. What do you think of the doc scene? I know we were talking about how you really like that overhead shot, but I don't like the whole scene. Oh, yeah, him on the roof. I love that. I love that. It's with the music. Da, 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 da. And, and, like, I, I love that shit. No, it's not that. It's um, it's like a... Do, 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 do. That's right. Do, do, do. That's it's like right. A, a heroic version. It's a, of the it's theme. A th- okay, yeah. For me, that was a yeah. 007 theme, which that shows up a couple times. Um, yeah, it's it's a heroic version of the theme song. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. The docs, yeah. Some of the docs scene was like weird because like we were kind of like laughing about like these dock workers are also like kung fu artists and like are like defending. It's that one guy with the really short jean shorts and like the construction cap and the tank top and he's like looking really the menacing people. they were basically the village people <laughs> from from uh playing white heart <laughs> it's the same construction workers <laughs> yeah it really is it really is it's the second movie in a row uh, we got construction you workers. know tuesdays we gotta be at the dock and beat up secret agents That's and like, uh, we brought the bookshelf with us if you guys yeah. want to set it up for you we'll bring it back on thursday when we come back here for this job <laughs> So, yeah. You gotta take a day off in between. Henchman work is very strenuous. Yeah, but like, yeah, part of me would have like oh, the only reason I keep it in is because I like that roof scene. But like, yeah, it's a lot of like running around just to be knocked out, and like, you had to go back to the fucking ship, and now you're just like you're captured. Yeah, I have no notes on the Helga Brandt plane scene, besides that funny zoom 
in the rear projection as she's parachuting down and then the rear screen zooms in on the plane oh yeah but she stays exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not the best looking parachute parachute scene in a movie paraju paratu <laughs> i don't know i can't speak english um which 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 nick of helga brant she's okay i'm looking more forward to um fiona volpe from thunderball yeah sorry she's cool she's Super cool. Oh, man. Um, Helga Brand's pretty cool in this, though. Um, she has a wedding ring on, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it couldn't. It might not be a wedding Why ring. Why is it a ring? It was a, it was a ring. ring. And it was. It made me wonder. I'm like, does she she have a husband that she goes Helga, you, after you, this? Helga, are you, are you, Dylan was very obsessed. Like, wait, is Helga? No, have, no, no. I'm just wife? curious. Like, I, I don't know. I I haven't. I, I have we, we noticed had... that in any of the other femme fatales? Like, no. like, um, Pussy Galore's not wearing a ring. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, uh, Eunice. Oh, you... Sylvia Trench is wearing a ring. True. She's cheating on her husband with Bond. Yeah. Um. Uh. But, but you know what I mean? It's just it was just a thought, and I saw yeah, the yeah. ring. I'm like, I'm like, wonder if she's just like you know she works for the president of Osado, but maybe it's just her office job. Yeah, and maybe she just goes she goes home to husband and like, kids. Like M's got a husband. Like when we see uh it, when we see her home in um oh yeah Casino yeah Royale we see Quantum Solace. She's got a husband. Yeah, we only see him like in in bed that one scene in bed. And yeah, yeah and she, in Skyfall she mentions that he passed away. Yeah, so you know. Anyway, just you never think about the relationships that these characters have. Like even in um, Goldeneye, Money Penny's on a date, and, and Bond's like, "What?" And she's like, "What do you think? I don't have a social life." <laughs> like, the, there's worlds outside of this movie. Yeah, it's what got... just fucking happened? Oh my lord! What? That was terrifying. Your video just skipped entirely. It didn't freeze. You were laughing, ha, 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 arms kind of up, and then all of a sudden you were just like this. Whoa. Instantly. No, no froze, no frozen screen in between. Just instant cut. Like a fucking horror movie. This is all pre-recorded, so I'm not really here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, he's staring at me creepily. It's all pre-recorded. Uh, I'm not really here right now. I'm still high. Uh, yeah, you only live twice. You only live twice, Mr. Bond. Uh, but yeah, no, that reminds me of like uh, another Austin Powers reference. Remember Michael McDonald from <laughs> Mad TV? He had he, yep. he was the henchman that like with the steamroller gets crushed it, by the steamroller. It doesn't move. It's halfway across the room. No, and then later mm-hmm. in the movie, it's an after credit scene. You cut his family. <laughs> yeah, and do you know who plays the mother? I don't remember who it was. Lois Child or Childs or hold on. Hold on. I'm going to make sure I get this right. Lois Childs. Lois Childs, who's in Moonraker. Oh, yeah. Shit. There she is. She's the female lead in Moonraker. Son of a bitch. She plays Holly Goodhead. Goodhead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like uh, heavy. Pretty heavy. Mm. You never know what's... I what, mean, what a these... steamroller is pretty heavy. They are very heavy. But yeah, you, ne- you never know what's going on with these henchmen and like their lives yeah. outside. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, on the little Nelly scene, 
Uh, I, I said this to you as we were watching, and I made a note of it. Uh, here's my exact thing that I wrote down. No monkey in Q scene. I was disappointed that there was not, for some reason, a monkey in the Q scene. Why would there be a monkey? <laughs> Did I not say this to you as we were watching it? I don't remember. Well, you might have been, might have, the cookie might have started kicking in. No, I was pretty um, awake during the movie. What, what? Uh, well, I don't know why, but, uh, you know, Q gets there and he's got the his helpers with the cases to assemble little Nelly. But for some reason, I just wanted there to be a chimpanzee there. Because of his outfit? Because he had kind of like a... Yeah, like kind of the safari-ish <laughs> yeah, outfit. Like a, and his high just, socks. It's just, just a monkey. <laughs> or a chimpanzee, excuse me, a chimp. There's a little chimpanzee like on his shoulders and he's like explaining. No, 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 just walking. Just walking around? Just like doing things. Like maybe like helping the crew. <laughs> they should have had. Talent. They should have had Ape from George the Jungle, voiced by John Cleese, and had him like he's working. He has glasses on. And he's working on something. It's a big gorilla. And he's like, he looks up. And he's like, I, I, I have you seen? What's the last time you watched George of the Jungle? Oh, um, a couple of years ago, well, but I need to rewatch it because I, I, I put it on. It's so fucking fun. John I think Cleese Nicole watched the whole thing, but I like dipped out at some point. John Cleese is. A, I love that movie. I watched it a bunch when I was a kid. It's just the facial expressions. He'll just be like, you know, doing something. He looks up, it's like, oh. <laughs> 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 this is so stupid. But in my head, I like to believe John Cleese is in the monkey suit, <laughs> just like doing everything. But I want him in. In the Q's lab, and he's just like sitting there, like. Oh. <laughs> well, well, in this scene, I wanted a chimpanzee maybe carrying he's, like the smallest he's, briefcase, he's, like the smallest briefcase that little Nelly has. Oh yeah, he's carrying it with the crew. They they've all got the big ones, but he's got the small one. He's got a hard hat on. <laughs> no, he's not dressed. He's just got a hard hat. <laughs> he just, they don't they, they don't even acknowledge it. It's like se- no no acknowledgement. Seven dudes and one gorilla, just like. <laughs> Not a gorilla, a chimpanzee. Chimpanzee, sorry. Chimpanzee. Yeah. The gorilla is working in Q's lab. Yes. Um, but and, and Bond doesn't acknowledge it, and Q doesn't acknowledge it. Nobody acknowledge Aki doesn't acknowledge it. Tiger doesn't acknowledge it. And his name's Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. A little disappointed there was no monkey in the Q scene. And my next note on Little Nelly. <clears throat> Missiles. 60 a minute. Q says that that little Nelly fires 60 missiles per minute. How many missiles are on that? Only the two big ones. Two. Two missiles. I gotta rewind. How, how would you fire 60 a minute? Does a video game make more sense? Hold on. I'm a, I'm a, I want to listen to that scene. It is... Uh, here, I'll punch it in. Two rocket launchers, forward firing on either side. Fine. Now, these fire heat-seeking air-to-air missiles, 60 a minute. Good. Flame guns, two of them, firing astern. What range? 80 yards. Two smoke ejectors next door to them. Yeah, 60 a minute. Yeah, what's that mean? These fire... When there's only two missiles. Yeah, these fire... He says these fire... Uh, let me put the closed captionings on. These fu- these fire heat seeking air to air missiles sixty a minute. Maybe maybe it means like sixty feet a minute. 
60 miles a minute or something like that maybe it's like a yeah because only two because he only uses that if he needs 60 it 60 kilometers a minute because you have a lot of rounds in the machine guns already and then you have the i assume that the the smaller missiles will reload a little bit for you at this point, man, it's a movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's a fever dream. Yeah. It's an absolute fever dream. It was just, it was, as soon as I heard it, I had to make a note of it because it's like, I mean, I've, I remember it from yeah. past times of seeing the movie, but it was just like 60 a minute. Like, you don't want to clarify what that is when you point to the missiles of which there are clearly only two. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like working at a restaurant and saying, yeah, you'll have like 60 things of bread. I only have enough for one sandwich. Yeah, but you'll have 60 every minute. It's the ultimate sandwich. 60 slices of bread, yeah, and it's, it's like, only two pieces of bread. It's like, it's like, yeah, but you could theoretically slice those into 60 pieces. Yeah, they, they'd uh, be very, they'd be paper thin. The other, but... the other 50, Q was like, the other 58 cost money. I don't, I don't fucking know, man. Yeah, that's a little weird. I forgot to bring the other 58. One of my favorite comments of a while ago, me and you and Scott Southgate watched Goldfinger together. The long this is a while ago, and I, really, yeah, this is, this is back at your place in East Providence. I remember, um, and we're watching the Q scene, and uh, he's showing off the DB five. He show and the close up of him pointing to all the gadgets. And Scott pipes up out of nowhere saying, well, sorry, 007, we forgot our label maker. So you'll have to guess <laughs> which button does what. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's a, true. And it's a great point. He, he just tells you what everything does. I'm not going to fucking remember that. Are you serious? Like, he's like, this one fires a smokescreen. This is the, the this is the machine gun. A label maker broke and nobody knows how to, like, uh, no one here knows how to fix it. Yeah, at least because you remember. Spe- Laser it, watches, we know that. But Inspector, at least Q, like, put the labels. Remember he has the flamethrower and hits the Batista's car? They're all with labels. Label makers and he makes labels for everything. And I'm it's like, it's just emojis. It's emojis. It's a, it's a smoke emoji. <laughs> uh, Damn it! What's this one with the purple eggplant mean? <laughs> this one with the peach. What does that mean? Uh, well, yeah, wasn't there one button that like played like 006's like playlist or something? It played yeah. like smooth jazz or something. I think it's Sinatra. Something. Yeah, it was like some something jazzy. But yeah, I'm like, man, Q is really bad at like making labels. I think there's labels on Little Nelly. I'm pretty sure there's like labels. So it's it's it's, it's frustrating, very frustrating. Q, <laughs> label your uh, shit for God's sakes. Well, more on gadgets here. <coughs> Blofeld chews out Osato and Brant. <coughs> Excuse me, and he says, only a Waltha PPK. Only one person we know uses this gun, James Bond. In Doctor No, they literally say it's standard issue now. True. So yeah, but for but for people who he's but James Bond is the one that like deals with everything. You, yeah, but I mean, they would know at that point if they know everything about James Bond that they need to know. They'd be like, yeah, the organization he works for. That's what they give them to work with is a Walther PPK. So theoretically, there'd be, a, I don't know, six other people at least that would have one. Yeah, but I think they assume, of course, it's James Bond coming after me. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be anybody else. 
It was just well, I just thought it was humorous. Yeah. It, it it just, as soon as he said that, the only one person we know, and then we watch Doctor No, and it's like you, your Beretta sucks. We're giving you a PPK. It's what we're giving everyone. Oh, dude, we uh, we only get it once ever ever. You only get twice, Mister Bond. You get twice, Mister Bond. You have that one scene. I believe it's Thunderball. It might be Thunderball. Because I feel like we haven't re- we haven't watched it, so yeah, it must be Thunderball. Because uh, there's a scene where they have all the double O's in chairs, and Bond comes late. Remember? Yeah, and, and there's I believe there's nine it's of them. nine double O one through nine, and I'm like, I want a movie so bad where you just get to see all the double O's. The only time we get to see a double O is Goldeneye. I get another double O. Uh, Octopus, so you get double O eight. As the clown. Oh, that's right. In the beginning. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, we've seen six, seven, and eight. Was, I believe this was brought up on the James Bonding podcast um, that it would work really well as a mini series where you do each episode is from a different double O's perspective and it all kind of comes together to one event. Dude, like the final episode. Dude, yeah, do 10 episodes. Like the Rashomon of it all. Yeah, there you or, go. Or it's, or, or it's, or either that or it's like each episode is the same event but from the perspective of a different double o and you learn new things from each side because it's a spy story so you would never know all the things you know oh unless you were all of the spies i like that idea that'd be really cool yeah that's what that's how you do it Mm. so that way you because you're trying to cram in nine characters I, it's not marvel you know what i mean hmm. like you'd want nine characters that you can focus on and spend time with each one and if you spend you know 55 minutes with one character and then they occasionally interact with the others that you've seen yeah it's just it's, it's just so interesting it's like why why was seven the one they wanted to do and it's seven out of nine agents it's just so it's just so interesting to me i think i think um ian fleming just thought that sounded the best Sounded the most sharp. 007. You know? Yeah. Sounds it sounds pretty damn. It's like, cool. it's like uh Hitman, Agent Forty Seven. It's like that yeah. it's a very random number, but seven seven's a good hard number. Yeah. It sounds it sounds sharp. It's the only when you think of it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's the only two syllable Yeah. It it literally the way a seven is two lines. The word is two syllables. Yeah, you know it's sharp. It's literally sharp, and the 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 center, the middle letter of it is a V, the sharpest letter, which is literally a seven on its side. Mm. You know what I mean? It's got some punch to it, some some stab. Stab. Speaking of which, I'm sure they're making Scream Seven, which will it's is about the stab movies. You know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, watched Scream Six recently. It's pretty good. Anyway, um, <clears throat> okay. Do I have any more? Um, no. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. In Kyoto, Bond prepares to conduct a closer investigation of the island by training with Tanaka's ninjas and donning a Japanese disguise, which will include a staged marriage to an ama diver. Aki is poisoned to death by a Spectre assassin targeting Bond. Who is introduced to Tanaka's? Wait. Okay, hold on. Aki is poisoned to death by a Spectre assassin targeting Bond. Bond is introduced to Tanaka's student Kissy Suzuki. 
She will perform the role of his wife. Acting on Kissy's lead, the pair reconnoiter a cave booby-trapped with phosphine gas and the volcano above it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm reading this weird. Acting on Kissy's lead, the pair reconnoiter a cave booby-trapped with phosphine gas and the volcano above it. The volcano's mouth is, disgu- is a disguised entrance to the secret rocket r- bleh, secret rocket base. Bond slips while Kissy goes to alert Tanaka. Bond slips? What? Okay, I, this is weird. Bond locates and frees the captured American and Soviet astronauts and, with their help, steals a spacesuit to infiltrate the Spectre spacecraft. Bird 1. However, Blofeld spots Bond who is detained while Bird 1 is launched. Bond is taken into the control room where he meets Blofeld, who kills Osato to demonstrate the price of failure. I'll just finish it up. Bird 1 closes in on an American space capsule, and U.S. forces prepare to launch a nuclear attack on the Soviet Union. Meanwhile, Tanaka's ninjas approach the base's entrance, but are detected and fired upon. Bond distracts Blofeld and lets in the ninjas. During the battle, Tanaka saves Bond by disarming Blofeld with his shuriken. Bond fights his way to the control room, tosses Blofeld's bodyguard, Hans, into the piranha pool, and activates Bird One's self-destruct before it reaches the American capsule. As the Americans stand down their forces, Blofeld activates the base's self-destruct system and escapes. Bond, Kissy, Tanaka and the surviving ninjas leave before the eruption destroys the base and are picked up by the Japanese maritime forces and the British Secret Service. End of wiki plot. Let's uh, go through what else I got. Uh, concealment and surprise is what Tanaka says his ninjas are good at, but meanwhile, they're just in a big group of people and they're being as loud as Screaming. possible. Screaming. Concealment, concealment and surprise. Um... <clears throat> The string kill is awesome. That's a great spy movie death. Hell yeah. Um, it was here that I wrote that this movie is a fever dream. Uh, the rear screen when they're on the boat is real rough. Oh, yeah. It's only for those two shots. Oh, yeah, you see Kissy in the background, and like she looks really badly like green screen there. Well, it's all rear screen projection. So it's just the lighting in the room didn't match the lighting of the shot behind her. Mm. Um, That volcano set. That's uh, my first heart in my notes is the string kill. But my second is the volcano set. So, Mario, the budget for Dr. No was just over a million dollars. The budget for You Only Live Twice was nine and a half million dollars. Do you know what the budget... Of the volcano lair set was? No. One million dollars. Wow. The entirety of the budget for Dr. No was used to make that set. Wow. Almost almost ten percent of the budget was used to make that volcano set. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. That's bonkers. Right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and it's amazing. It's an absolutely phenomenal set. It's, it's yeah, I think it's it's, yeah, it's one of the cooler um, bases in uh, Bond history. Oh yeah, that um, Stromberg's lair. Bond frees the astronauts, and then 
begins getting into a spacesuit to get onto the rocket, what is Bond's plan? Yeah, he was like he, he was like ready to go to space. Yep. It was like I guess I'm just gonna go to space. What is his plan? <laughs> he has nothing. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, well, let's see that through to its end. He gets on this spaceship and is launched into space. What does he do? It's him and and the American astronauts. Maybe he just like. Re- or no, it's not. No, he's he's on a. He'd be on there with a Spectre agent, right? Probably to reroute the ship somewhere. Bring it as as evidence of something. Yeah, like oh, we got the ship now. Now we can. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. Like it's. I, I was thinking that too. I'm like, yeah, if he gets on that on that ship, he's a little fucked. Yeah, he's gonna have to to knock out the the one guy in that ship that knows how to fly it. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> well, anyway, shit. well, James Bond can fly anything, so maybe he, yeah. he'll, he'll fly it. Um, I really like the Blofeld makeup; it's really good. Yeah, th- th- this is the. I feel like we talked about this. Who's your favorite Blofeld? Um, Savalas. Savalas. Kelly Savalas. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I love. Uh, I have a a stupid soft spot for um, uh, what's his name, uh, Charles Gray, just because his is very very goofy and I don't know, just like straight up goofy villain. Um, but I mean, Donald Pleasant's cool. I like Donald Pleasant in this. Mm. I feel like he's like the. Um, no, there's a reason why he was the one Mike Myers wanted as Doctor Evil. He just he looks like a fucking supervillain, and I'm into it. Okay, I'm gonna share my screen with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And no, you're staying in now, Mia. This is a picture of Jan <laughs> Werrick, <laughs> who was originally cast ah, as Blofeld. He looks so but ridiculous. They felt that he was a bad choice, resembling a poor, benevolent Santa Claus. Five days into shooting, Donald Pleasance was cast. Wow. So. Damn. Yeah. A lot of weird, like, uh, uh, issues with recasting in this movie, huh? Doesn't actually have any footage of him. Oh, there's a, there's a picture of him. That's it. Yeah, j- just the picture. Okay. Um, <clears throat> All right, well, sorry about that little detour. Uh, interesting... Original Blofeld, for sure. Um, did you think that Donald Pleasance was playing him a little gay? Uh, yeah, I can kind of get that vibe. Uh, he he was he was kind of effeminate, and there was like parts where he uh, he gave off a, a gay vibe, like like he was a homosexual character. And then you have Charles Gray, who plays the character is a very effeminate man so much so that his escape disguise is as an old woman and then fast forward to um uh Christoph Waltz not really effeminate but like just kind of 
know. A little bit. A little bit. I don't know. I don't mean anything by that. It's, it's, just, it's I, an interesting I, observation, absolutely. It was only, yeah, only during this watching of it that I'm like, I think Donald Pleasance is trying to put a little bit of a, a gay spin on this Blofeld character. Anyway, uh, um, when the rocket ignites, cut to Moonraker, uh, uh, Bond and, and Holly Goodhead down at the bottom of the rocket escaping before it takes off. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, how yeah. they're trapped down there? Yeah. Um, okay, those rope drops as the ninjas are dropping down from the ceiling. <sighs> Scary. Do you... Do you see how they're doing that? They have a bit of pipe in their hand that's around the rope. So they're up on that high ledge. They drop the rope down, and they're holding this bit of pipe in their hand. And they jump. And using their own hand strength, they're squeezing that pipe Man. around the rope as a, as a break to slow them as they fall. But if any of them were to let go at any time, they'd fall to their deaths. That's scary. Like, they're not on harnesses. Oh, my God. That was a funny one. You had gone to the bathroom, I think, during this scene. Because I know you were like, you're like, oh, I can go yeah, to the bathroom. I can, cause it's... I can tune out during big action scenes yeah. like that. They, they... But there was one. <laughs> he was like, he was dead. He was like a dead character. So he's right. He's like literally like two, like three inches away from the ground and he's like he's sitting like this and he's just spinning in a chair no in in air like it he's dangling on the rope straight up and his ass is like two inches from the ground and he's just (laughs) just spinning spinning around and it's like it's it's, it's, there's action going around around him and he's just spinning around yeah, this cr- He's like, this is really good yoga. This is like, this is crazy. It was, it was so funny. Hmm. I have to re, I have to rewatch that scene for that. Um, I noticed in that action scene that there's chemical barrels all around. You notice that? Yeah. So the barrels are always in pairs of two, and one barrel says Osado, and the other barrel says Chemical Company. Huh. That seems uh, impractical. Anyway, um, uh, I really like that moment. Code word is imminent, and he turns to camera. Code word is imminent. Holding fast in our vehicle. Orbit identical. All units stand by for code word. Code word is imminent. I repeat, holding fast in our vehicle. My last note is that we only find out in the credits that her name is Kissy. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, we never hear her name. You even made a joke. It was like, what's your name? Yeah. Yeah, they like, um, they're like they already fucking married and shit. They don't know their freaking names each other. My final note is that this is a movie that I think, like, some some of these movies, let George Lucas go back and fuck around with these movies. Mm. You know? Like, I want to see ILM do that lava flow. And Anakin and Obi-Wan are dueling by the side of it. Hell yeah. It's just... But but you know what I mean? Like that lava, the shot of the uh, volcano exploding is terrible. It is. It's these awful composite shots, and seeing it on Blu-ray really just highlights how terrible it looks. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see George Lucas take a stab at at such things. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. A movie, definitely a movie I mean? that you're like, oh, I thought this looked better when I was younger, and then you're like, yeah. you go back to it, like, this wasn't that good. No. And like because of the day for night stuff, there's you know there's no actual sense of time. Like day instantly becomes night, and night instantly. And like when um, Kissy is swimming back, and the helicopter Sw- starts shooting back. at her, I'll go get help. Swimming back, and she's like, swimming I'll, I'll just back. swim in ocean. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, you should have used surf. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Yeah, use your Pokemon. Use surf. Yeah, yeah. or uh, I mean, hopefully you have a fly, something that you can use fly. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> But so in that scene, it's day for night. Like it's clearly day, but the shot is darkened to be at night. But but that level keeps changing. So like when they're going up to the volcano, it's daytime. Yeah, like Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing a poor job describing it. But like within one scene, the lighting will change. Yeah. Anyway, those are all my notes. You got any more notes? Man? I don't have anything. Uh, I, I can double check here. Cover but, all your notes. Um, I I just been talking. Yeah, no, that that's everything. Honestly, like, yeah, it's love for the car. There's, uh, there, there's. So I guess wrapping up this movie, it's just like, it's not. Yeah, it's definitely far from being the best Connery. But it still has a lot of stuff um, that people like in it, just like the cool gadgets and all that, and um, the the iconic villain and the the base and all that. Um, but yeah, it's it's not the best. Um, so rewatching this again, again, is one I watch the least of, and is a reason for it because there's this thing, some ridiculous stuff, which was cleared up today, which I was very uh, appreciative of, like, just the whole thing with Kissy and Aki. Um, now that makes more sense to me because of what was going on and behind the scenes. It's clear how much better Aki is as an actress. Yeah, you go to her and, like... And, and has learned her English much better. I missed Aki so much, like, when, when she was gone. I was like... Same. I was like, bring her back, please. But But if it was a matter of, like... Making sure an actress didn't kill herself because you got to imagine like this was a culture shock for them for sure. Like, okay, this girl is threatening to kill herself. Like, there's no way we can let her off this produ- production because she probably will. Yeah. Um. So we'll just come up with a new role for her. I don't know. Yeah, do what you got to do, I guess. So I mean, I guess kind of kudos to the crew for kind of trying to do that but it was still not done well so um so yeah i think i I forget who the the character's name is in the book it's um tiger tanaka and kissy suzuki kissy is the character in the book so aki must have been the character that was made up oh interesting interesting and yeah blofeld um to protect himself from the poisonous plants, he wears samurai armor. It's a trip, man. Shit, I gotta. It's a real, it's a real trip of a book. Listen, yeah, to I it. think I got him man, at this point. I, 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 after definitely after like covering these movies, I'm like, I really need to like compare like to the actual uh, source material. Do you, would you? May I spoil the ending of the book for you? Yeah, I'm gonna get to it eventually. Okay. Uh, after surviving a near execution, 
Okay, I'm sorry. I'll just read the last two paragraphs of it. After infiltrating the Garden of Death and the castle where Blofeld spends his time dressed in the costume of a samurai warrior, Bond is captured and Bunt identifies him as a British secret agent and not a Japanese coal miner. After surviving a near execution, Bond exacts revenge on Blofeld in a duel, Blofeld armed with a sword and Bond with a wooden staff. Bond eventually kills Blofeld by strangling him with his bare hands in a fit of violent rage, then blows up the castle. Upon escaping, he suffers a head injury, leaving him an amnesiac, living as a Japanese fisherman with Kissy while the rest of the world believes him dead. His obituary appears in the newspapers. While Bond's health improves, Kissy conceals his true identity from him to keep him forever to, himself, to herself. Kissy eventually sleeps with Bond and becomes pregnant and hopes that Bond will propose marriage after she finds the right time to tell him about her pregnancy. Bond reads scraps of newspaper and fixates on a reference to Vladivostok, making him wonder if the far-off city is the key to his missing memory. He tells Kissy he must travel to Russia to find out. Whoa! Yeah. That's so that was heavy. that was like the last one that he was real that Fleming was really writing, and then the Man with the Golden Gun is the final novel, but it was not really finished. Um, so the last one that he really wrote in its entirety was You Only Live Twice, and it kind of leaves off on a cliffhanger where Bond doesn't know who he is. Wow. Yeah, it's a trip of a book, man. It's wow. a real trip of a book. Like as I said, he escapes the castle of death by, like, jumping out of the top floor of it with a parachute, and the parachute just barely makes it over the wall. It's a trip. Wow! I I gotta yeah. check that out now. Yeah, it's an interesting book. Um, and so I lied to you, Dylan. I had one more note. But as I was having you talk through that, I was making something because this is my this ahead. is my final note. Let me share my screen. Jedi Master Connery. Whoa! Did you make? I that? just make this while I was talking to you. Uh, just... What you? That, yeah, you were ignoring me for this. No, I was listening to you the whole time. But like, I was like, I also wanted to point out that he looks like a fucking Jedi in this movie. <laughs> he yes, his, he does. So I'll, I'll post this picture on our gram this uh, this week. Uh, yeah, Jedi Master Sean Connery. I think he looks kind of cool in that kimono. Yeah, he does. <laughs> wow. Right. Damn, man. Does he look like a Jedi? It's crazy. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I'd scooch that lightsaber back a little bit in his hand to make it look like he's actually holding it. Just, just scooch it. Yeah, back his his hands are weird but, because he's. Hold on, I like I can't even like look at it because it's. Um, you good? I know what you're talking. But yeah, about. it's like he's holding yeah. a fan. Yeah. So it's like weird. So I gotta still kind of adjust it so it looks uh, more legit. But yeah. It looks great though. Looks like- Mario made a Photoshop of. Of uh, of Sean Connery as as a Jedi holding Luke's green lightsaber because yeah. of course he'd be holding a green lightsaber. yeah I feel like he's a green lightsaber guy um because <clears throat> he's the green knight he's the green knight the green Jedi knight so yeah those are uh, my notes and uh, you ended with maybe the best note of all by making that photo yeah I think that's <laughs> that's the one alrighty so uh, that's you only live twice that's I guess. you only live twice so. Leaving, Shall we go on to our ratings? Yeah, leaving us with the final ratings, guys. You guys, if you guys know, we like to rate uh, the sexiness rating. 
we like to see. If the, the SH, SH uh, do we want to do the score of the score? Yeah, let's do the score. I think we, that's a, that's a regular rating score, now, the musical score. Score of the score. Since it is a Bond movie, maybe we could also kind of toss in the theme song along with the score. Yeah, oh, that's part, that's part um, and parcel with it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and then, of course, your film rating and your Connery rating. So let's, let's right, get I've got to my, it. I've got, I've got our spreadsheet here. So uh, let's do the SH rating. Mario, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, it's not really there too heavy, I don't think. Maybe a little bit. It's the last Bond movie, so it's he's getting older. I think I'll give it a six. Russian caviar. I feel like it's a little there. It's it's well, that's already a sh- yeah rush. That's already an but eight. but yeah. it's deeper when he says it. So like I'm gonna say it's like a six five five. I'm gonna give it a five five five. You sounded very Trumpy when you said I'm gonna give it a six. I'm thinking uh, five. I think a five. It's a very they, good sh. The sh did not sh as much as it did in Never Say Never Again. Okay. It was good, but it wasn't the best. Unbelievable sshs. Good lord. Nobody H's and S I, better than I, I do. Kept, I, I slipped Ric Flair tonight. So I'm like poisoned with wrestler voices, and I do Ric Flair the most because he sounds crazy. The Ric Flair people know is like, you know. How were you poisoned? Was it a string? Yeah. A wrestling string. Wrestling. It was a wrestling rope. <laughs> hey. Uh, but yeah, I do his voice all the time, so he slips into other impressions. Rick Flair. Wait, it's not like styling and profiling. The the you know the everyone knows him for the promo of like limousine riding, Jeff flying. But I go for him now. He's really old. And he does like podcasts and he talk. He gotta talk like this, okay? Anyways, right? He stole my number. Good lord, you know? <laughs> we were down in Tampa, right? <laughs> I was so drunk, and he just he talks like and he and he just rambles and like he has a co-host, and when he the co-host doesn't talk, he'd be like. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and the other guy's like falling asleep on the Zoom call. But anyways, let's get to these ratings, man. All righty. So you're giving them five on the <laughs> five SH. on the SH. I'm gonna give him a three. Okay. It's not that. It's not that. Thick. So an average of four. All right. Let's move on to the sexy rating. What are you giving it, Mario? Hmm. I feel like. It's definitely not sexy in its uh, its negativity towards women, man. This is very, you know. Not me- at all. We literally have a quote that says, in Japan, men come first and women come second. And like that's kind of like messed up. And I think we even talked, we didn't really talk about the scene as much. We're, I, I don't know when we watched it, we're kind of like, would you be into like this kind of bath thing? And I'm like, I don't know no. if I'd be comfortable with it. No, it would be weird. Yeah. I'd have to know these people. I'd have to feel comfortable with them already. Yeah, like like complete strangers rubbing me down and cleaning me naked. All that like, shit. It would be more like um, in the movie The Wolverine, where Logan is just like, "What the fuck? Stop doing this! Yeah. I hate this!" Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And they're all like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it, it it would be weird and uncomfortable. Yeah, but that's not taking away from how beautiful some of these girls are. Um, I think all the girls are beautiful. I think they're kick-ass. The one that he chooses to massage him is very clearly a white woman. Yeah, definitely not Asian. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're be- and, and like they turned her Japanese. <laughs> turned her Japanese. I really, I really think so. Um, but yeah, but like, but like, but Kissy's beautiful. Like, I remember, no, Kissy and uh, no. Uh, oh, you're telling me I should talk like an Egyptian? Talk like an Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. Talk, walk, stalk. I believe in a thing called love. But yeah, I, I just I think to the rhythm of my heart. I'm playing by heart. I think the girls are beautiful in this movie. Uh. <laughs> Uh, beautiful locations. The locations are sexy. I love Tokyo. I love um, some of the countryside aspects of Japan. Um, so I don't think it's v- extremely sexy, but it's got some sexiness to it. They'll give it a 007 for sexy. A seven, okay. I'm gonna give it a two point five. Good lord, we're always on like the different spectrums of sexiness. We we look at sexiness very we got different. different tastes. We have very different tastes. <laughs> we do. Uh, you you're like oh, uh, five days one summer, ten on the sexiness, and I'm like whoa. Dude. Did I give it a ten on sexy? <laughs> no, you gave it a four, and I gave it a <laughs> negative four to balance it out. The fact that you found that movie even remotely sexy. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't find this movie sexy in the slightest. I mean, it's not a zero because there are, you know, Aki is is a stunning woman and and Kissy is a beautiful woman. Mm. And, um, but but the sexism can't be overlooked um, because that is not sexy. And more... more importantly, Sean Connery is not sexy in this movie, in the slightest. Yeah. He looks good at times. At times, he looks good as Bond, but he's not sexy. Mm. I He looks—we'll uh, get into this in the Sean rating, but he didn't want to be there. He was super unhappy the whole time filming this because there was literally an incident where he was going to take a shit. And he looked up, and somebody was there was a photographer that had gone over the stall and was taking a picture of him taking a shit. Ugh. So he was miserable making this movie, and it shows. We'll get into that in the Sean rating, but it affects his ability to be sexy. You can't be sexy when you're being absolutely fucking miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're the lead of this movie. You know? Yeah. So. So 2.5 for me. Combined with the sexism and his lack of wanting to be there. For an average of 4.75. You give it a 7, I give it a 2.5. Boom. Okay. Musical score. Ooh. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, again, going back to that rooftop scene. I love how the music hits there. Uh, it, it, hit, it hits a per... Uh, perfect times man and i love the theme song the theme song is is up there with 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 some of my favorite theme songs of all time it's a beloved song that just that okay of the three bond themes that we've heard so far goldfinger from rush with love and you only live twice what's your favorite or rank them and fuck it throw underneath the mango tree in there I think I'm gonna do bottom to top. Worst to best. Yeah. Doctor No. Yeah. 
You Only Live Twice, Goldfinger, Rush With Love. Mine is Underneath the Mango Tree, You Only Live Twice, From Rush With Love, Goldfinger. Ooh, Goldfinger's <laughs> number one. Yeah. I think it's it's close between those, but I think of the one that I sing the most. I always sing from Rush with Love. Mm. Oh, I sing that for I sing that one more myself because I can't sing Goldfinger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Goldfinger is a fucking powerhouse of a oh, song. Yeah. You got Shirley Bassey just murdering it on there, so that makes that one the best for me. All right, but what are you giving the score for this movie? I'm going to give it an eight. An eight. I love the music in this movie. All right. We've had our run of John Barry here. A lot of John Barry. I'm going to give him a 7.5. Ooh, okay. Not far from you. Look at that. We're, we're near um, each other here. I think it's a very good score. There's a lot of beautiful themes in it. My only problem is John Barry has a bad habit of over-repeating things. Mm. Um over over repeating themes way too many times um and uh, i can't think of any exact moments off the top of my head but um maybe like as the the spaceship is opening up or um you you know what i'm trying to describe there's just points where one melodic idea gets repeated way too many times Mm. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. So I think that keeps the score from being higher for me. Um, and then the theme song, I like it a lot, but it's not Goldfinger, so it it doesn't really take it much higher. Mm. You know. So, but the that can't be beat. Mm. So, all right. So average score. For the musical score is 7.75. All right, now, Mario, we're getting into our two big ones. Film or Sean? Let's do film first. All right, what are you giving it? Um, or do you want me to go first? I'll have you go first for this one. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I don't love this movie. I don't come back to it often for a reason. I don't really love this movie. There's things I like about it. There's a lot I like about it. There's a lot I don't care for. There's a lot. It's not bad, but it's just fine. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I left the movie playing during the big action scene and went to the bathroom because it's fine. You know? The set is amazing, but the action scene is just fine there's just too much going on for me to i get i just start tuning out um and there's a lot of points during this movie where i start to tune out Mm. um a lot of stuff i like but the stuff i like can't doesn't really rise this one to the top it's pretty middle of the road for me as a bond film and as a film on our connery curious list here how about you I think I'm gonna agree with you. Really? Uh, yeah, I might. I might give it a. I might boost it to a six point five, uh, just because there is a lot I like in this movie. All of the gadgets and some of the set pieces, and what 
and what this movie influenced being, you know, Boston mm. Powers and um and yeah, it it just there's something about this movie uh that people really enjoy. This this seems to be a, a lot of people I've heard in an interview saying they'll talk about going to see this movie in theaters for the first time and they enjoyed it and you know, I'm sure I'm sure there's something special in there uh for so, for some some it's people. It's the fever dream aspect. Yeah, I think it's just like one of those movies you could like It's a vibes movie. Very very vibey. Uh, so I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna give it a six point five because, like you, I, I mentioned already three times that this is a movie um, the, I, of the Connery Bonds I watched the least as well. So I think mm-hmm. uh, give it the benefit of the doubt and uh, give it a little little higher boost with a six point five. Okay, and I give it a five, which brings the average to five point seven five. Alrighty, our final rating. Oh man, Who's going first. I'll go. I'll go. Um, okay. Our Sean rating. What are you giving? So our boy? Sean, man. Yeah, man. Sean, this man. is like the one. Sean, man, <laughs> come together with your hands. Shave me. That's what he was saying. He was saying, "Save me." He did not want to do this, as we mentioned before. This is like mm. his supposed last one, and he's done. He's like, he's like, mm. "Fuck, I'm never doing this again." And he comes back for diamonds. Uh, so yeah shows for the biggest paycheck he had he or any actor to date had gotten i believe so yeah um i think he has moments he does have moments uh but yeah this is not his best this is not his best uh no. i think they want to give him like a like a, like a 5.5 or yeah mario you sure? Yeah, it's 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 it doesn't. He he seems so miserable, man. It's a shame. Maybe that would have elevated yeah. the movie more if he was a little more into it. That's really funny, man. Why? Because you have like so, you're nine. So, you? so okay. <laughs> so on, I, I'm gonna share with you here. I'm sharing share my screen. So on either side of this movie, we've got a movie gap. So you see, we, you only live twice, and then a fine madness. And between that, we've got un un. un Monde Nouveau, which we haven't watched yet. Okay, now we've got The Bowler and the Bonnet, which we haven't watched yet, and then Shalico, which we have watched. So in both A Fine Madness, we both gave him 7.5. Oh, man. And in Shalico, we both gave him an 8. No shit. Are you telling me right now? For You Only Live Twice, I'm giving him a 5.5. Wow. Did you actually have that in your notes? (laughs) That's what I have on my notes here. I'll I'll even hold it up to the, the camera so you can see. Wow! Wow! So, yep, five point five. He looks miserable, man. He's giving it his best for being so miserable. Wow! I'll say that he's doing the. He is going into work under the shittiest circumstances and doing a damn good job. Wow. But it doesn't mean he looks happy doing it. He certainly doesn't look sexy. Um, like. Like, you notice how, like, I don't mean this insultingly, but you notice how, like, pudgy and sweaty he looks in this movie? I I thought he looked pretty good. Like, like especially after they apply the Japanese makeup. He looks so he, he, greasy and sweaty and gross. Yeah. 
you know and, and, when, and, and especially when he's, when he's hunched over yeah, yeah. He's walking around like to look smaller yeah so yeah he looks terrible yeah, not his best so in 1967 he would have been 37 so he was 37 filming this and he looks 50 like he does not look good in this movie at all and it's I, I can imagine part of that is just how miserable he is at work you know there's parts where he looks good and there's and there's a, a lot of parts where he's acting incredibly well but his energy shines through how much he does not want to be there and it affects the whole movie so and that's not me insulting anyone who's pudgy or sweaty that's I was going to say mean, I'm pudgy and sweaty no, no, I meant I did not mean that as an insult. It's just you know when you're shooting a movie, you kind of want to make sure that your the star of the movie looks the best that you can have him look in that scene, yeah. you know, and and his Japanese makeup just makes him look d- disgusting. Like if you like tried to hold on to him, he'd slip out of your hands. Mm. Um, and the the. Japanese eye pieces are terrible, and his hairpiece looks bad. Both his regular hairpiece and his Japanese hairpiece. His Lego hair. Yeah, it. A lot about him in this movie just does not work for me, or for the movie. So, yeah, five point five from me. Okay. Sorry, Sean. Do better. So an average of five point five for us. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, so that's all of our ratings, it seems. Which means, Dylan Titus. Oh, wait a second. Did I... Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just I think I may have put these in the wrong... Oh, no, okay, they're in the right... For, for a second, I had accidentally clicked on Thunderball, so I just wanted to make sure I didn't accidentally put the ratings in Thunderball. Well, we're good. Okay. What does it mean, Mario? Which Lima? means, Dylan Titus, it is time to go over to wheelofnames.com to open up the wheel of curiosities. It is Dylan's turn this week to roll uh what movie Is it my turn? It is your turn this oh, week. Oh yeah, you got you'll only live twice. Yeah, so it is it is you, brother. What are you hoping to see? What are you not hoping to see? Uh I don't want another bond right now. I can wait for another Bond. I mean, I'd actually be fine with it. I wouldn't terribly mind, but but I'd rather not. Um, let's see. Let's look at our list here that we've got left. Um, hmm. I know you're wanting family business. That's what I want. That's all. That's I all still I want. want Hunt for Red October. Ooh, yeah. I could really go for that. I kind of want to see um, Darby O'Gill too because I keep yeah, same. I keep passing by it on Disney Plus. I'm like, that's coming up. That's coming up. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that one. I want to see Highlander. Mm. Um, also, we deci- we discussed this before. If we get Highlander two, we're gonna go to Highlander one, right? Are we doing a double feature for that one too? Uh do you want to? Because I my thought was that like okay, if we land on Highlander two. We go. We take off Highlander one, 
and we leave Highlander. Too. Yeah, you know what? I like but, that. Have some space in between. Yeah. 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 I, 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 so then we can revisit our main characters. Yeah. So we. Yeah. So we're not okay. confused and shit. Yeah. I agree. I okay. agree with that. Yeah. A sequel. You got to do that. Yeah. It's the only sequel he did. Yeah. Ever. So if we land on Highlander two, we watch Highlander one, and take that off the wheel and spin again later to land on Highlander. I'm cool with that. Okay. Um, I'd be cool watching Highlander. I've heard some cool things about it. It's got a cult following. Yeah. Um, as we get into spookier season, maybe Marnie, because it's Hitchcock. Mm. Um, I feel like uh, even um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is kind of a good Halloween movie. Mm. You got the Invisible Man. How about and stuff. the the Frightened City? Is that a horror film? Uh, British neo noir gangster film about extortion rackets and gang warfare in the West End of London. Oh. Also starring Herbert Lom from Action of the Tiger. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, or or the offense. Mm. I I could I could watch him act with um, Sidney Lumet directing again. Okay. And, and then what's the one with uh, Fishburne? Just Cause. Yeah, so I think I'm going for Highlander or Hunt for Red October. Those are mine. I'm going to go Family Business or Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Okay. Now, we go, we usually do a What Don't You Want? Bond. I don't want Bond. Bond. Yeah, same. Bond or documentary. Yeah. All right. So shall we shuffle? Shuffle, shuffle. You tell me when. Stop. Okay. All right. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Mario. Dylan. It's time. It's time. To spin. The... Wheel of Curiosity. <gasps> no way. No way. No way. Oh, my Lord, no Mario, you did it no again. Way. You no did it again. <laughs> Family business. Yes. We're in a simulation. We are in a simulation. <laughs> this is not real. Family Business is a 1989 American neo-noir crime film directed by Sidney Lumet. I forgot about that. Yeah. <sighs> Starring Sean Connery, Dustin Hoffman, and Matthew Broderick. Now, before we go, we keep forgetting, where can you find this film? Where can people at home watch if they want to watch along? Yes, let's let's do that. Just watch. Oh, I'm so excited. Family. How are we doing this, man? We're just killing it, everyone. Family business. It is on Roku to stream currently. Going to rent out all the so. big names as well. Your Amazons, your Google Plays, your YouTubes, your Voodoo, all that as well. Ooh, I'm excited, man. Look at these. This, these three Me together too. is just weird, man. Sean Connery as a grandfather, Dustin Hoffman as the son, and and Matthew Broderick. Uh, Matthew Broderick as the grandson. <sighs> hmm. I was really excited too because okay. I've been watching only murders in the building, and oh, yeah. Matthew Broderick has a cameo. He plays himself for one episode. He huh. shows up, and that made me think of this movie. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see Matthew Broderick act in something. <laughs> uh, so we're here, man. 
we're, we're here. here. Oh my god! And it's Sydney Lumet, which makes this our. So we've got the Anderson tapes and the offense left. All right. But he did five with Connery. Hell yeah, man. Well. So yeah, our next film is Family Business. Yeah. With that being said, guys, this has been Connery Curious for this week. We hope you enjoyed our review of James Bond in You Only Live Twice. Next week, Sean Connery will return in Family Business. It's finally happening. Family Business, brother. You've been waiting for this for one. For weeks, months, <laughs> so long. Yeah. So, Mario, do you realize we've been doing this podcast for almost 10 months now? 10 months? Wow. Yeah, almost. Almost. Man. We're one week away from being 10 months Time away. flies, man. 10 months from uh, the start. Let's go. Me. It's, it's yeah. been a beautiful journey so far. It has. Hell yeah. It has. It's been fun. All right. Family business. Family business. I'm looking forward to this. We will return next week with some more Connery Curious. Until then, I've been Mario Lima. And I've been Dylan Titus. And as always, folks, stay curious. Connery Curious. You've been listening to Connery Curious, a Titus Compositions and Frickiners Media podcast. Follow us on social media for updates, memes, and clips. Find us on Twitter at CuriousPod007 and on Instagram at Connery Curious. You can also visit Titus Compositions at Titus Compositions to hear other podcasts and original music, watch music videos, or even pick up a great vinyl record. For more discussion and content about your favorite films, comics, games, and network for all things nerdy, visit Friggin' Nerds Media on Twitter, at Friggin' Nerds. You can rate, review, and share the podcast in-app, which helps us grow the show and reach the other curious conneries out there. Thanks for spending time with us, and have a great day. But also, remember, stay curious. Why don't you just die the parts that show? <laughs>